Lower Your Volume contains sometimes graphic and often explicit content. That being said, some episodes are not for everybody, so listener discretion is advised. And as always, spoilers ahead. Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm Nicole Bach. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'll wait. <laughs> um, I'm Nicole Basio. And I'm Madison Fry. And I'm Danielle Cooper. <laughs> and this is Lower Your Volume. We are a literary podcast where we chat about books and talk way too loudly. Per usual. So As per usual up today uh we have are we recording our episode with danielle um, <laughs> yeah right I, it's not like you're back for us you're back for the us. first time for everybody else yes yes um we had a platform that we were using that just didn't work out for us and um mm-hmm. unfortunately the episode that we recorded which was super awesome would it like, be we- an amazing lower your volume episode <laughs> if we didn't have to re-record it? right that's the real question Right. So the oh biggest my God, we issue had to record the, we record the theories episode, didn't we? Yes. For Crescent we City. We did, I think. Yes, yeah. I was going to say another bomb episode that we had to re-record. Basically, what we found is like any cool things that we do, we just can't do them because mm-hmm. we don't we can't have nice things. But essentially, yeah. um Danielle is a Patreon of ours and has been like was the mm-hmm. first one ever and like has been literally supporting the show. I feel like for months and months and months now. Like Many how long have you when did you get our stuff? March. I can't even remember when you said March? Wow. Yeah, I was going to say it was around February, March. There was snow on the ground. Yeah, I think I Patreoned Mm -hmm. you guys in March, but I started listening to you guys in February, February, because Mm -hmm. I went on that, um, what, that Facebook group, the YA Facebook group. And I asked for podcasts because I like podcasts (laughs) about books where people talk about books. And somebody was like, hey, check out Lower Your Volume. <laughs> I love it. it. I have to say, it could have been either of us, but it also could have been Leah. Because sometimes been. we would conscript Leah to go. I don't know if you've listened to any episodes <laughs> with her call on it. it. conscripting. That's horrible. <laughs> that means that you forced her to fuck it. You gave her a thing. And you're like, you have to do this. She like, she could have done it. And she could have decided not to. Okay. Well, I enlisted. Yeah, I enlisted her. That's a better. To, I guess that's better. Yeah, to go and be like, hey, go go comment the podcast. So, <laughs> I do get that sometimes. Podcast like, pusher. She's the yeah. podcast pusher. Yeah. Sometimes I would literally be like. I, I won't lie for um like posts. Sometimes if a post isn't doing as well as I want it to, I'm like, hey, go interact with it. Because like it pushes, you know, it onto yeah. people's timelines, just, you know, algorithm stuff. But yeah, no, we would I would be like, Leah, go comment this on this link right here. And she'd be like, okay. So best Leah's decision great. that anybody made was throwing mm-hmm. your link up because they gave me like two different ones. And one uh-huh. was more of like a rehash, like one was just like, recounting and uh-huh. it was like um i mean this sounds like it was a me thing this sounds like it was a me thing. <laughs> i'm like, i'm the only scary person that would fucking put two links in a goddamn thing about it <laughs> <laughs> i'm the only psychopath it's fine <laughs> so i was like well you know like i don't want to just like talk chapter to chapter like where they mm-hmm. just basically rehash oh, yeah. 
they don't like actually have dialogue or like talk oh uh-huh in general and then you guys just talk in general like you're bsing like best friends and i like, oh <laughs> can i be your yeah. best friend <laughs> and yeah, here we can. are and then you guys were like we need Patreons, like, <laughs> please make us stop asking. And Wait, I was just yeah. like, I'm like, well, I'm a Patreon for other podcasts, so <laughs> click, 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 Patreon. <laughs> I literally remember I got the email. You first. thought it was something wrong. I remember yeah. the episode. You yeah. You did something wrong. I literally, we like, we, we, well, because our Patreon wasn't live for, like, the first five months of the podcast because no, we're idiots. Longer. No, it was, it was, like, a it year. Was longer. It was, like, <laughs> a year. Because like we, we set it up, and then I think they changed some terms, and we didn't know, and, like, we probably saw the email and just thought nothing of it, and, yeah. like. Two absolute noodle for brains, bitches. I just it, always wonder: were there any other people out there that, that were like early on before they like you know decided we were not worth it? And um, <laughs> I'm fine. Um, it's never been not worth great. it. I'm never. I'm, I'm so good at self esteem. Can't we tell? Oh, um, so I just always wonder: did somebody like did other people try and we got like we just fucked up? I don't know, but. I'm so glad you're a Patreon because one of the best parts about being the first to be involved is that um, I get special treatment. You get special treatment. <laughs> so normally you're you're currently donating at the ten dollar tier, which like, girl, you amazing! Like, thank you so much. Um, we obviously for our ten dollar tier, um, folks get to pick our like fan pick of the yeah. episode. So we were like, hey, do you want to do like a book in particular that you have? And you're like, can we do like a cool episode about like the Sarah J. Moss universe? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you like. And I think we originally were like, hey, your special treatment. Do you want to come on the show and do yeah. it with us? And you're like, yes. <laughs> you're the first. So that's why I was like, here. absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we also have obviously Patreon is always linked in our um, descriptions and stuff. So if you are wanting to be a Patreon, we have a Discord. Um, we're trying really hard to use the Discord. We kind of just ch- shoot the shit now, right now. Now, now it's of more work. of a chat. Now it's more of a group chat, which honestly could be is fair. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If you want, if you want to be best friends with all of us, do it. Because <laughs> it's us plus Megan. So yeah. everyone is a great time. And uh, feel free to join if you like. Mm-hmm. There's other things on there. Um, yeah. Or, or, yeah. So today yeah. we're going to be talking about the Sarah J. Moss universe because mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're, I know you're in your normal life. You have a lot of like PMing type of stuff that you do where you're like very organized. And Danielle took the initiative and Big was time. like, I'm going to put together a list of all of basically the theories, how these books could in series crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And holy moly, there's a lot, and we're so excited. Yeah. Um, before we jump into that, though, uh, you wanted to do like a quick like roundup of like yeah. what your faves were and shit. So mm-hmm. yes, feel free to have the floor. Let's mm-hmm. see. In July, I finally mm-hmm. finished Kingdom of Ash. So I finally Ooh-hoo. finished every single um like of this universe Sarah mm-hmm. J. Moss book. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that we're all just like Catwoman. Yeah. We're just not talking about it. Uh, yeah. So all of the canon Sarah J. Moss books, let's call mm-hmm. it canon. Um, yeah, or like or like Faye, perhaps. <laughs> the Faye the books. Yeah, the Faye world stuff. So I actually started with Crescent City and then I went right. to Aquatar and then I went mm-hmm. to Throne of Glass because I was influenced in January to do Crescent City. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about Sarah J. Moss. And 
I didn't know that Crescent City was in a fully fleshed out series because I was obviously not paying attention. Right. And then when I set Crescent City down after spending two weeks um, trying to get through it, uh, because it is heavy, and there's 799 pages, and I set it down and I was like, "Um, next book, please. Um, Oh, (laughs) really and then I was like okay well I see these people talking about Akatar it's by the same one um I devoured every single book in a month like I devoured them I didn't read them I devoured them yeah and then of course I had like a small break before um Silver Flames came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Which is a needed break in some cases. You know what I mean? I am jealous of the fact that you didn't have to wait that long. I were just, Nicole and I were just sitting here twiddling our thumbs for yeah, a fucking but year. We didn't have to wait as long as some people did. Like you and I oh, finished the true. series in, I want to say you finished it by the, before the end of the year. I finished it <clears> early <throat> of 2020. So like. No, no, we both finished, you finished it in like. Like April. March. And I finished it in April. Because you so finished like, it. Because I remember during, because that was like episode 16. And episode 16 was also Shades of was Magic. Actually, 16 was actually. Or not 16. But it time, was like. Time convert. But that's yes. the Well, but it, but it was like, it was like in that area of like the extra yeah. long episodes of the teens. Yes. It was 18. And I remember, because we used to record those when I was in the den. It's a good yeah. timeline for where I was. You know, where we, what we were recording based on where I was sitting. And. In that episode, I remember going, I don't know, I think this COVID thing will be over in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Ding dong, I was wrong. (laughs) Ding dong, you were wrong. But in terms of like how long we had to wait, like only like like less than a year. Some people were waiting like two years. Two full ass years. Don't know how they did it. From a novella. And I actually didn't need a break. I could have jumped straight from quarter of yeah. frost and starlight which i didn't know mm-hmm. was a novella so um that really sucked i actually yeah, i'm I sure did, it did i actually thought i did something wrong and like maybe because i was doing it on the kindle and i was like well maybe i like hit like a page forward or something because i was like mm-hmm. this can't possibly and i look at it and i'm like google why is this book so short <laughs> it's because it's a yeah. novella I was like absolutely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So then I started Throne of Glass and mm-hmm. I hit some serious like book problems. Like I just yep. struggle yep. bust. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if I'd done it in the reverse order, I probably wouldn't have had as hard of time. But after reading Akatar and Crescent City, it was mm-hmm. like going right into like a real YA universe, which was yeah, right. a little harder. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sh- good on her. She started these books when she was very young. Yeah. You could feel that in her writing. And I just mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't mean, imagine going at... Crescent City, Ecotar, right. and then Throne of Glass. Well, and even if you look at the fact that like, okay, so Throne of Glass, technically she published at like 21, 22. So like yeah. even then she probably had to do some edits and stuff when you buy, when you get, you know, a selling a book and shit. But like, that's crazy that she's had these books out since 2012. That's not even a full 10 years yet. Yeah. So she's not even 30. She's not even 32. Wait a minute. Wait, she's wait probably minute. just 32. Right? She's there's no writing. Way. She started writing Throne of Glass when she was 16. Yes, I did know that, which is why I loved her so much when I when I she first is. Read Throne of Oh, Glass. she's 35. She's 35. Okay, so she's technically sold 
Maybe she sold like, uh, Throne of Glass. Maybe she sold Throne of Glass a little bit, uh, <clears throat> a little bit earlier than I'm anticipating, or later. Because I know she said after college. Yeah. That could be any time after college, though, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. she could have gotten out and like whatever. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. So obviously, like for me, Akatar will always be in the top spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like Crescent City, and then Throne of Glass. And then as yeah. far as like the series go, well, Crescent City is by itself. So in the series, yeah. House of Earth and Blood, now we have to start calling it, which I don't understand. Oh, why. I'm um, sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to be like Crescent City too, baby. So that one in that series stands alone because I don't have any other options. Mm-hmm. And then in the Akatar world, it's definitely A Court of Mist and Fury, um, A Court of Thrones and Roses because I actually read really did love the storyline it's a good book it's It's just tampon is the worst well and i didn't know that going into it because i didn't know anything about it so i was Mm -hmm. fine (laughs) Um, i can totally see i remember reading that and i think i literally texted nicole because like i already knew that he ended up being a goober because like i knew from the pod and i remember texting her being like oh i can see why people liked him yeah like i get it yeah, like I can it's see. It's not that he's not unattractive. He's actually there are things about him where you're like, yeah, I can write that off. Right, yeah, I can write that he, off. Yeah. He like it's just he's got very much like if you put that character in that book, like him in like a mafia romance, I'd be like, oh my god, yeah. But it's just in that <laughs> way, way to be thinking about Heart of a Monster right now. Got it? <laughs> um, no, true. Um, but but I think like because because you're then juxtaposed next to like. Reese and like her POV it's just it's it's yeah. different, different read. to be honest like tons of red flags we all knew it we kind of oh, saw yeah. it like there was red flags and then A Court of Silver Flames is my next and then Akawar and then yeah. I don't talk about novellas because they don't really exist for me I don't really feel like they count in terms of, like the whole no, series it's like it's like, like a, it's a short story thing. it's like it's like a bonus chapter yeah yeah okay and then okay for the throne of glass world I'm definitely like Throne of Glass is my top one. And then something I never thought I would say, but Tower of Dawn is actually my second favorite. I was not expecting it. The writing is beautiful. The setting is beautiful. Like everything about it is beautiful. Like I, I, I say it, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's a romance book for fantasy fans. It was beautiful, like super Mm -hmm. awesome. And Kale is a dick. So, I mean, that's saying something. I am not yeah. a Kale fan, uh-huh. and I loved that book. And it most definitely mm-hmm. was not a Kale book. It's yeah. a Nathan and Irene book. Yes, it's always <gasps> about the women. It's always it's, about the it's, women. It's the women. It's, it's because women. Like, <laughs> women. well, Ruby Moss writes the best women. <laughs> I do. I, yeah. True. Um, oh, yeah. And then okay. Queen of Shadows because I love that whole like getting back at Arabin and all that backstory and everything tying in That's and, Nicole the that all, and I'm sorry the ring thing holy <gasps> shit I was like that did Heart not telling. just happen because I was like well we still have so many books like what is the next book oh my god I how did like, they get it off her back. like and then when she like got to the place it was like ha I was like I'm pretty positive Madison had a moment where she forgot about because like we recorded Queen of Shadows earlier before Madison read it and I'm pretty sure she messaged me was like 
did she get like a ring put on her and you didn't fucking tell me about that? Like I was yeah. like, uh, you gotta I, I read, truly read think four I more about pages. That. Read four more pages. Yeah. It's coming. And that's the thing. Like once you, once she's like, just kidding. <laughs> like, all the signs were there. Like, why did mm-hmm. I just freak out? Like yeah, I no, knew yeah, it was no, totally. So the foreshadowing say... was there, but the execution to make yeah. you forget about it was chef's kiss. And yeah. he deserved Queen of shadows. I'm did. sorry. The person across the street is washing their new Tesla. <sighs> is that sorry, the guy me... that had the Jeep? Yeah. What? I hate Rats. Like uh, <laughs> right. this guy, the guy that lives across from her, he like their kid would do this thing where he would get home at like 12 in the morning and he would honk to have somebody let him in and it's like you're like a open the garage bag. you're a douchebag like you know like, like it's 12 o'clock i have morning. to assume it was the kid i'm like get him a goddamn garage door opener That's whatever right. it's fine it's fine but also, i have to say in the street or fucking drive like a normal child does yeah. or like or like go in the house unlock the door open the garage and then also i've babysat in that house before they lived there I know there's a side entrance to the garage. Right? <laughs> anyway, um, the one thing I will say about Queen of Shadows is that it gives me, like, have you... Di- okay, Danielle, this is kind of an obscure, not obscure movie. Did you see the 2011 Three Musketeers with Logan Lerman, Matthew McFadden? I think so. Orlando Bloom's in it. Her. I, it's okay if you haven't. I've first of all, it's, it's, it's Madison's many. favorite movie of all <laughs> it's, time. It's not my favorite um, movie of all time, but it's one of my favorites. I was going to say Queen of Shadows gives me those vibes a lot, where it's like kind of like French-ish. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Totally. I mean, because like the cobblestones like running through like hijink shenanigans vibes. Yeah. That's like the total vibe I get from Queen of Shadows. Very, very good. I uh, Spot on. And then um, Eric... Air of Fire, um, Empire of Storms, Kingdom of Ash, and then Crown of Midnight. Um, I really struggled with Kingdom of Ash. Um, Mm -hmm. I picked it up. I read a bunch. I set it down. I process. I pick it up. I read a bunch. I set it down to process. So I know so many people do it in like a stretch, like just bust Mm -hmm. it out because they can't put it down. But I found it like really overwhelming. And I just, like, I couldn't, like, there was so much, like, tension and action, and, like, I just was, like, when is this gonna stop? Holy shit, when is this gonna stop? When is this gonna stop? (laughs) And the fact that it doesn't happen until the very last part of the book, I was just, like, this is anxiety central. It is. is That last book, Kingdom of Ash, watches, like, or reads, like, a season of Game of Thrones. Well, I have, to, I have to be like, yeah, truly. yeah, where there's like, there's well, like the last, yeah, the, like the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones where you're like, oh my god, anybody could die literally at any moment, nobody is safe, everything's gonna go down, like everybody's in danger, nowhere yeah. you like, where, where are, when are they sleeping? And like, I feel <laughs> like to be completely fair to Sarah, I do feel like, yes, we all know it's a Lord of the Rings fanfic, don't even yeah. lie. Um, but I do feel like once Game of Thrones popularity took off, the mm-hmm some of that kind of fed into this Mm -hmm. narrative. And I don't know if she watched it. I'm just kind of speculating based on some of the things that happen with some of the characters. Like, Manon has some very big Daenerys vibes. Like, don't, like, like, there's a few things that make me feel like... Do do you know what I'm saying? Where, like, Manon is, like, this weird, like... Whatever. I do think that, like, the popularity of that kind of added to it. Mm -hmm. And the last book, was I expecting a whole lot of 
battle? I don't think so, well, but like the best truly I, I the guess best I was here part for it. <laughs> about the whole SJM technically got it right as opposed to the Game of Thrones show because Daenerys actually, if you look at her dragons, they're actually wyverns. Yeah, I love that about you. And I'm telling everybody at this point. Right? Um, it's I'm just like I agree. And mother of honest, wyverns. I think wyverns are way cuter. The fact oh, that they're little 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 ears. I love their yeah, little <laughs> They're so cute. I mean, and I mean like they are literally like their sky chickens. Like, exactly. And and goddamn Abraxas looks like toothless. Like you like oh, that's yeah. that's a fact. You know what I mean? That like, is so, like that I'm is sorry, standing. you're trying to tell me she Astrid and Astrid. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly, exactly. With the light blue quiver, oh, yeah. no, goodbye. Uh-uh. She, I do think she watched, I, yeah, that totally. movie, and she was like, "Yep, that's a Braxis, yeah. and that's the movie." And Bobby I just Bob. love that she's like. Here's the thing about Sarah that I really do like appreciate and love. She is so much more ingrained in pop culture than some authors are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they're not. I just feel like there's some authors that are like, I am a. I'm literally a millennial, so I'm going to watch shit that's technically not catered towards me, but also is catered towards me. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can see that with her writing. You can see with how much she, like, you know, feeds off of the Lord of the yep. Rings stuff. Yep. And I know the authors that she also, like, I I just learned, I think, Madison, you and I just learned this, that her and L. Kennedy are really good friends. And, like she like l kennedy even had a, a thing in her book that said like to sarah j moss like one of my favorite like you know people in the world or whatever and i was like oh my god you have so many romance writer friends so yeah you didn't oh, know you- this no it was literally if you go to the fucking you, you go to the dare and you didn't if you go me. to the dare if you go to the dare <laughs> the intro to the dare literally is to sarah j moss i kid you not it's either the dare or it's the cha- or the risk but it no the dare or the play it's one of the two excuse me let me let me put away i spent barbarians <laughs> you want the are you on the fifth one now I'm in the, the holiday, holiday yeah yes <laughs> if, you haven't, if you haven't read it yeah, yeah, and you, you just want to know it. like okay. you just want to know i do recommend it's like one of those weird stories where you're like am i attracted to this <laughs> wait a minute yeah. and i don't know why i don't i couldn't tell you actually i can tell you it's because the the men the alien men are protective like males so they're like they're so good. not protective in the bad way they're actually kind of protective in the good way in the sense that like i will take care of you and for somebody like me who takes care of everyone all the time because like that's what i've always like done i genuinely love reading about men who are like let me take all of the burden that you're dealing with right now and ease your soul somehow so and that's is, how they do it oh. so i've I mean, always loved them i do have ice Barbarians on my campus yes. and I did read a few chapters in just enough to like get some sexy time um, yes. and set it down and have gotten into so many other things and oh, fair enough. Fair I enough. can't read multiple books at a time it's just even yeah. if they're different genres I just I can't I do try it. not to as well I, I, mean, I can but I try not truly to because it's hard. last night I went I picked up Danny Brown <coughs> read like couple chapters of Take a hint. Then I went and read two essays in my 101 essays to change your life. Then I went back and read another chapter of Danny Brown. Then I went and I finished the Ice Planet Honeymoon book. No, like why are you do you that yourself? <laughs> okay, um, I, I will say I think your I think your um ranking list is really like well thought out, well researched. Yeah. Great job. Um, I do think that it like it seems a lot like based on what you uh what you went through with the reading order too. Yeah, I think that, yeah. it's very 
So I think you're, mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. I will tell you for all of this, because I am, um, <laughs> I'm trying to help us this time. I actually made stickies of how we can make this like be cohesive. Order. Um, <laughs> so I tried I to help us be on track. Getting all the info and you're going to help yeah. keep us on track. Organize exactly. And I'm here to crack jokes. This exactly. is going to be a long episode, which I'm here for because I prefer yeah, long really. episodes. Uh-huh. Um, I do have a couple things to say to you ladies. Um, I know the last like couple months have been hard for recording. I like it that you took some breaks. Thank you. Um, your uh, mayonnaise is erotic. Um, episode was chef's kiss. <laughs> it actually spurred me to do, if you saw my stories, the song, mm-hmm. the pitch thing. Yes, I got yeah. that from you guys doing that. And it was actually <laughs> super fun. Um, and then I'm, I currently listened to mm-hmm. the first part of, thank God I didn't put it on my forehead. Uh, you can hear the happened last summer episode because like I said I can count on at least 30 to 45 minutes of you guys just talking and shooting the shit before you <laughs> so even D- if I Daniel. haven't read it I can start the episode <laughs> you are going to love the episode that's coming out today we did we did a um I have the cup still uh-huh. we did a fuck Mary kill for all of the characters in fantasy books. So like a lot of characters. I'm here like, for I it. mean, there was probably like 50 characters. And like a lot of them list. we were kind of on the same same vibe with, but there was a few who were like the the last two are our bonus rounds for like our top three men. Mm-hmm. It was the worst. Madison took it, twenty minutes. I to literally kill off I have to cut I've I have to cut out like I think I'm gonna get some audio of like the like ding 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 because <laughs> I literally Nicole and I were sitting here and she was like, I regret this entirely. I did. Just I pick, fucking did. just pick an order. You don't have to like lock it in forever. And I was like, You're Oh, like, but this means something. She had like, to like just pick one person to kill and it, that was it. And she, she couldn't. So no, like it, I'm sorry, okay, okay. Just to be clear, just because this episode will have already come out. Out. Yeah, I had Nicole had me choosing between Cassie and Hunt and Lorcan. Fuck Mary well, Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. I'm sorry. Well, and of course Lorcan. I'm going to marry Cassian, which, which to be fair, that's what I did. But I only did yeah, that because he had already tied his life to a lead, so I know he's going to die in like 80 years anyway, max if she lives to like 100. Mine was so, hard, like, but not that hard. It was not that hard. It was, yeah, it was no. Rowan, Asriel, and Castile, and I was like, I, well, I guess I gotta kill because I can't get rid of Rowan and Asriel. I love Lorcan so much, but I was like, <sighs> this is easy. You want to hear mine? You want to hear? Yeah, it? absolutely. Um, yeah, sure. Definitely Mary Hunt fuck the shit out of Cassian like all day every day and then Tim Lorcan I don't care I, I'm the same I'm the same way I do think that like I could go back and forth on the Cassian and hunt one depending on what day uh-huh. it is no, but like I agree. Hunt has more soul like that, that's a little bit hilarious fair. but he's a good fuck mm-hmm. and the way he got at it with Nessa, oh my God. <laughs> give me give me the next book and we'll and i'll maybe readdress but i remember when when well because because it was funny when and then we can actually like fully jump into the yes. stickies and stuff um when i read crescent city because that was like about a month and a half before thrown or not thrown of glass geez louise uh silver flames came out i remember saying to nicole cassian's gonna have to win back his title Oh, he and did. then he did. He still and did. So it was fine. Yeah, he still did. Mine was but, super easy, though. I mean, it, I shouldn't say super easy. It that should have been my sign that see. I should have just picked Hunt to fuck. But you know, here's the I thing: wasn't thinking. we haven't seen Hunt in that role. 
Exactly. So how do we That's know? what I'm saying. And so I was just like, and so I was just like, I got to pick Cassian because. Well, and I also made the argument that like, you technically haven't seen Lorcan in that role either because like but it was like, to black. <laughs> so. Yeah. But like, at least they did it. Yeah, sure. At and least I sit happy. there like I know. It's kind of like in the way when like my friend finally like sleep was with the guy she's seeing. And I'm like, I wasn't there, but I know you did it. And I'm happy for you. <laughs> But I, mean, I regret the analogy. I regret the analogy. Right. Anyways, <laughs> Nicole said that I had never thought about mm-hmm. in your It Happened Last Summer episode, which is mm-hmm. the one I'm listening. Well, mm-hmm. I've stopped listening Portable to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I never thought about it being called like a left handed read. Oh, the left, yeah, the left-handed one too. Because I'm not a left-handed reader. Because you do a little, you do a little one. I actually am a left-handed rub one out for the homieser. Yeah. So then, just like Madison, here's the thing: I'm driving in the car. I just gotten done taking my son to hit to one of his appointments. I'm inappropriately listening to your <laughs> It's okay. He's on the tablet. He's not even paying yeah. attention. Yeah, he's um, not doesn't listening. know what it means. And then yeah. you talked about that, and I was like, I did the same exact thing Madison did at the same time. I was like, what? And it feels like, wrong, right? It feels like it doesn't have to move the same if it's yes. right. Yes, I like my this, apologies. The anatomy is exactly the same. So then I'm like puzzled. Yeah. I'm like, the anatomy is the same. So why is it that it feels like I don't have to like go through a barrier with my right like, hand, feels like, but my I'm left like, hand I'm like, Ooh. like I'm like, do I have more wrist mobility? Oh my god, I do. You do, dude. You do. I do Here's have more thing. wrist mobility on Here's my right. The thing I can Wait. tell you right now, I could do the left. <laughs> god damn it! We're always, we're always here. Um, I could do the left if I wanted. Per- personal preference is the right. Always has been well, the right. Handed. And I can't tell you why that is. So Wait, no, no. It's always been the left. No, I've always <laughs> held the book still in my right hand. Mm. Personal preference is the left hand. I do not know why. I'm not left-handed. My mother is. If that says anything, I don't want it. I want to die. If that's the if that's the reason, I want to die. So, like, just, just saying it now, if no, that is the reason, no. I'm done. <laughs> my my face is from my dad, but the hand that I'm asking with is from my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be able to look at my mother when she comes back from her trip now because that's just going to ruin everything between us. Um, Thank you for that. I appreciated it. Uh, You brought it up. I would have never known that. Whatever. Anyway. So, I mean, now I know when I talk about Court of Silver Flames, it's a left-handed read. Yes. Because I've always tried to figure out how to explain that you're, like, reading. And it's, I mean, Court of Silver Flames is literotica. Oh, yes. I love it so much too. Yeah, it's it's so I mean, she doesn't even get like five chapters in before they're fucking. So that's mm-hmm. my favorite part. And this is the thing about a lot of her writing is like I like that the progression of it. You can see it's like it's she's thirty five now. Bitch is mm-hmm. reading what I'm reading, and it comes yeah. to like a romance yeah. story. She said J.R. Ward was one of like her favorite like authors. <laughs> Those are the Black Dagger are- Brotherhood are dirty. Those are. <laughs> dirty so like i know girl i know what she's reading i know in her bed she's like i know i know in my soul of souls that sjm has a kindle unlimited account 
She does. I also know that Josh gets lucky on a regular basis. And I know that Josh and her probably have a fantastic relationship because of their sex life. And I'm pissed about it because he's hot and she's hot. So, like, whatever. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. Like, it makes sense for those two that it's not a slow burn. And that it's straight to it. Yeah, that, do uh, I want? He already had so many books with them being. I mentioned. think. Do I want that light. with the rest of the characters? No, it. Mm-hmm. it I don't think they will, and I don't necessarily want it to be the exact same with the next book. Yeah. I don't if think it, it will. It's the character for slow burn. I, Gwen, are you kidding burn. me? Gwen and Az are going to be some of the slowest burn to have ever burned. Good. Yeah. I, actually, I, actually will, I actually will. I'm going to predict this now. I'm pre. I'm pretty confident in the idea that Gwen and Asriel will probably start doing it around the 50 point mark. And here's the reason why I think the slowest slow burn will be Lucian and Elaine because <gasps> no goddamn way she's going to like jump into her book and be like, yeah, yeah. the guy that I'm supposed to be with. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely no. not. There's I, no way there's going to be so I much will shit. <laughs> still to this day. I honestly think like, I don't know, maybe on like Ekotar's like, I don't know when it's like 10 year, 15 year anniversary is. She better release that threesome scene. I want it. I want it so bad. I need I it so know. bad. I, I need it know. so bad. I just I need to know the positions. I just need to know. I'm okay if she doesn't. It's the same sort of conversation with JLA and the joining. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Such a pushed concept that I, honest to God, don't care. Well, we were actually just talking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Madison and I were kind of talking about the fact that um, the teasers, I don't know if you're in her, her, yeah, group. so they were talking about, people were talking about the teasers and like all this stuff. And I was telling Madison, cause she hasn't really been in there. And I was like, I personally think that um, in this next book, like they talked about in the teaser, his like the ring, they talked about melting the ring down and putting it into like his, his dick as a Prince Albert. And like, yeah, I, yeah, that was a teaser. I was a little bit weirded out by that. And there's a theory going around that like what happens to him is that he gets his finger cut off that has the ring on there and it gets sent to Poppy the same way that Poppy sends the head to um Queen, her mother, basically sends the head to her mother. And um my my thought on all of this, because I said, listen, I think that within the first 200 pages, similar to how a lot of books are, you get Castile back. And I said that I don't think the reason being is because the other teasers include a lot of sex. So there's either A, she'll have some kind of weird ass way where she's able to astral project her whole ass body where he mm-hmm. is and have sex with him, which would be weird. Or she gets him back. And in that case, if it's the astral projection, I was like, there's no there's nothing in my mind that tells me that these teasers are her and somebody else like Castile and Poppy are together like I don't feel like she's gonna sleep with Kieran I don't feel like she's gonna sleep with anybody else without him being there maybe but I definitely just feel like Poppy can't handle more than one person I just don't think she can so I don't I don't know that they would ever do the joining if it's the joining it's not the joining the way that everybody and at this point also we know enough about his brother to know that they don't look identical so it's not like a tricked situation. Can we just point out the fact that like I'm kind of kind of kind of hoping that there's a point in the Castile point of view where like his brother is like she was supposed to be mine because like I'm so into that kind of narrative. It's not even oh, funny. Yes. It's like my favorite thing because I'm like, yeah, I do want I, it's always Castile. Like he will always be my favorite. But like I kind of love the narrative where the guy's like, yeah, she was supposed to be mine. You're currently living the life I wanted and I was supposed yep. to be mine and whatever. We're not yeah. even on that book. We're not even in that book. Yeah. I'm so anyway, sorry. okay. You're fine. Yeah. 
So, no, so Nicole, where are we starting? Because you're yeah, actually going to start with. Start. We're going to start with um, Lorcan and Asriel in the first one. And we're also going to jump down after that to number nine about um, the truth teller and Rune's star sword. Because Asriel as a whole kind of is in that. So I was like, let's just lump those two together. So let's start with a theory about Lorcan and Asriel. Because I remember when the first time we recorded this, I was like, that was the first time I'd ever heard this theory. And I think it's actually Mm -hmm. a pretty good one. Yeah. So I fucks with. Okay. So the theory is that Lorcan and Azrael are brothers. Can I just say yes? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes, and the answer is yes also in that way. Um, like, <laughs> so you got it. Okay, so you yeah. want, yeah, got it. Okay. Um, well, I, I personally, want, well, where did you hear this theory from? Because I've never seen it before, so I just <laughs> was like super curious about that. I can't remember if I saw it somewhere. I don't know, May. I went down some Reddit threads, but there weren't a ton of Reddit subreddits about crossovers. Nobody is really talking crossovers, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. So this yeah, was kind like of there's a lot of crossovers. Like there's a lot of the basics, like the same thing mm-hmm. talked over multiple times. So some of these are that, and some of these are literally me just searching in my Kindle for crossovers. Yeah. For yeah. Same word. Mm-hmm. So. But when I was reading Thorn of Glass, because obviously I'd already read all of Akotar, I was like, yep. they are very similar. Yeah. Um, Azriel's got the shadows and the darkness. Lorcan has the death and the darkness and the fall. They're shadows. They both yeah. have shadows that follow them. Death speaks to them. Right. That is a thing that they share. Now, <sighs> the way it looks in the uh-huh. few views may be different, but they're different worlds. And I mean, mm-hmm. we got Maeve, the world walker. Yep. So what's to say that she didn't find Lorcan and Azrael and steal Lorcan from the crib? Lorcan was orphaned. And yeah. she's proven mm-hmm. that she can rack people's brains and like remove sure. things. So she could have just as easily planted the memory of him being orphaned in Darnell and her rescuing uh-huh. him. They like, could have done it to yeah. Asriel's mom and Asriel yeah, to and like else to make them think that to make them think that this never happened and to plant this bad blood because yeah, I mean Asriel was severely abused by his family, right? And and I, that's a lot of the similar feeling of like breaking somebody down that is like yeah. death incarnate and yeah. mm-hmm. kind of bringing it malicious and who's to say what Mav's like ultimate goal in that moment was. Mm-hmm. If she yeah, sure. intended to come back for Azriel, or if she literally wanted to leave two death incarnate or death speakers in these uh-huh. two different worlds. Right. So, and there's nothing that said exactly why they have those gifts, right? I mean, like, no. yes, we know that, like, Hellas is, like, the one that gave, supposed to be Hellas is the one that gave Lorcan this ability or gifted him in, the, in that yeah, way. And that could but just we don't know anything about an analogy. Azriel's. I mean, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, like, I agree. Very different. From yes. the other Fae. Like, even in Akatar, they're like, you know, he has shadows. And, like, shadow singers are rare or they don't. Yeah, like, like he's the rare. only one we've ever seen. And then when they talk about Lorcan, they're like, it's it's weird. Like, <laughs> darkness follows him. We've never, there is nothing like this anywhere else in our world. To I quote, that say, kid is hardcore goth. Yeah, right, right. That kid is hardcore goth. Um, I will say I will that in terms of and blood. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I will say that in terms of their look wise, they're really not 
horribly different. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have wings the way that the Illyrians do, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean anything. Like, we don't know too much, I guess I should say, about, like, Asriel's mom. I mean, there could be half parentage there. You never know. Mm -hmm. Um, We do know a little bit, I guess I could say, in terms of the eye color, Asriel has hazel eyes, and I think Lorcans are kind of gold. So in in a way, what are Lorcans' eye color? What's like my color? So brown. They're like black brown. What? And I mean, siblings don't even have to share eyes. So no, yeah, that's true. Nicole, that Nicole knows this to be true. I do. Me and my bro- me and my siblings all have different eyes. And I mean, um, they both manipulate their shadows. Yeah. yeah. I totally, I, I totally yep. see this being a thing. And the other thing with them, you're right. It is black. It's fucking black. It yes. says black on the goddamn. Oh, trust page. me. I know my man. <laughs> okay, well, I know mine. So let's. Yeah, do fair it. enough. I think personally, when it comes to Asriel, Asriel's story, I think a little bit about what I'm excited for in his eventual book, which is totally the next one. It's totally Gwen, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Is that I kind of think the reason why he is a shadow singer is partly due to the abuse. I think some of the reasons mm-hmm. why he's as powerful as he is, is because of the abuse that he suffered at his father's hand. And part of that leads me to think that Lorcan has said before that he did not have a nice life on the streets. No. And if they mm-hmm. are siblings, there's that th- that theory that like you are created based on your environment, right? Nature mm-hmm. versus nurture, yeah. Exactly. And I think that some of this could be like that little like gene trigger in their mm-hmm. in their genealogy that literally yeah. turns on for them because they're well, both like treated poorly. Well, and, and it's abused. almost like it makes you wonder if like their power is actually something else, but this is the manifestation of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have no you know idea. You know what I mean? There's so much more. I'm so excited for Azrael's book for the fact that like I would love to see some like flashbacks to his life as a child just so we can understand yeah. what happened to him also, because he's so closed off to everyone also just the knowledge that people are going to go and being like oh sweet Azrael," but it's going to be like i want to kill everybody like all I, the time i think like, the thing that's really interesting is like the minute sarah said that he's kinky people are like he's a dom and i'm like i don't i don't necessarily disagree but i don't no 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 but 100 agree he's a, he's a pleasure well and the thing is as i saw someone talking about how they're like somebody said that Azriel would be like um a brat tamer and i was like what <laughs> wait a minute wait, a that's brat a, I mean, tamer that's a thing yeah no no no. i i know it's a thing i don't okay. see Azriel necessarily somebody said no. like gwyn would be the like the brat and i go <laughs> no no sorry if he's a brat tamer it's and if anybody's a brat it's fucking elaine and that's not happening I was like <laughs> let's let's take a step back i was like yeah i do think gwyn and him will explore sexuality and i think it's going to be something that's really important i think it's going to be yeah, incredibly it needs to be for gwen. yeah exactly yeah. in terms of Azriel his being a type of dom whatever i don't care if he's kinky he's kinky like he doesn't have to be a dom am yeah. i yeah. for it absolutely but like yeah whatever. well and whatever. something mm-hmm. i was just thinking about when we were talking is that and shit we got talking about all this other stuff and i just lost it was it the um, was it the stuff about um asriel and Lorcan's like genealogy kind of like yeah kind of so the I mean so much I agree with the fact that you know nature versus nurture for them and yeah honestly they're both oh that was it they're both have the same physique if you read into their physique and their power is so similar Mm -hmm. like Azrael is supposed to be like unharnessed power. Like his gems barely control him. 
Lorcan is mm-hmm. what they consider to be the most powerful of the cadre. Lorcan yeah. is like mm-hmm. 500 years old. I think Azrael's right up there in the 500 year old. Like, those yes, connections they are, yeah. are there and they're there for a reason. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. there's not a part of me that doesn't think that they're related somehow. Whether or not they're brothers is you know, it's said to be seen. I kind of like the thought because mm-hmm. Azriel doesn't have brothers. Or siblings oh, at all. Yeah. Like or siblings. A well, healthy family. Yeah. Well, I guess there's half siblings. Oh, no. Or Wait. half siblings. Half siblings. Yeah. Half okay, siblings. So then we go right back into the conversation that they don't even have to be full mm-hmm. brothers because they're you right. get your Illyrian side. So I mean, it's that dynamic of they're both fa- found family because they don't have family. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. So it's right. very similar. It mirrors each other really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I was coming up with this, I think that I just heard somebody randomly talking about yeah. Lorcan and Azriel being similar. And then I just went down a rabbit hole of like just peeling yeah. through some of the similarities. Um, and they just are both referred to as like angels of death. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The other thing with Lorcan and Azriel as a as a mirror, right? The thing that I find very interesting about Sarah, I don't feel like she puts ages in here for any just random reason. I really yeah. just don't think she puts numbers into anything without it being well incredibly feel, specific. Yeah, I feel like there are certain characters where I'm like, do I even know how old they are? And Azriel, Cassian, and Lor- Lorcan. <laughs> Azriel, Cassian, and Reese are about. 530 plus and it's like I think they're like a couple of years apart depending on which person you're talking about yeah I'm pretty positive Asriel's the oldest I agree I'm with pretty you. positive he's at he's the oldest and I think Reese is the middle and Cassian's the youngest which plays a hundred percent into their dynamic anyways yes right right big time exactly yeah. so, but like Asriel I, is definitely big brother let's be real oh, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah Reese takes that care of everything but Ezreal is big brother like well then Cassian's chaotic youngest child oh, exactly yeah. so yeah I do Honestly. think that there's a there's a lot to put in a stake with the idea that like they haven't exactly said how old Lorcan is in terms of exact mm-hmm. age the way that I believe they have in Akotar with Asriel and all of them mm-hmm. but I do think it's something to be said that they're 500 and it's also ironic to me that all of the fae in most of these stories are in that 500 ish 300 200 ish mm-hmm. age range because well I think we like, talked Rowan's about that last time exactly Rowan's yes. 300 fucking um hunts like 200 maybe I think we said that or like 100 <laughs> and something yeah. the 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 bat boys all being 500s just it's yeah. just it's just weird it's just like you don't do those things unintentionally at least in my mind i feel like she's a little bit more creative so yeah whatever. no she's Hunt she's is... a murder board we all know it she's got the strings of hey. so oh and yeah i think later in the doc we're going to talk about the way the worlds are stacked so yes it's yeah. actually the second thing that we do in, After the, in the thing the truth teller <laughs> So Truth Teller yeah. and the Star Sword, which honestly is one of my favorite crossover theories because mm-hmm. the Crescent City theory came, I think this story, I should say, the theory came about because of Crescent City and how mm-hmm. there is a half of Rune's Star Sword that he was gifted because he was supposed to be Starborn. Poor guy. Poor guy thought he was going to be Starborn. He got like a droplet. Um, 
But the idea is that the other half of the star sword that is missing is supposed to be like a dagger of sorts, right? Like some type of, you know, smaller blade. And Asriel's truth teller isn't this long ass sword the way that the star sword is. It's supposed to be a little bit smaller. I don't think it's a dagger, but the theory is, is that they're the same and they're they're put together. You put them together. Okay, so when, you th- when you're picturing this, because I don't know how you guys picture this, I see it as like, here's the pommel of the sword. Here's the blade of the sword. Yeah. Where it's like hollow right there and it'd like click in. I, that's kind of how I imagined it. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Had um, no imagination. Like, no, that's good. Here. I have no idea. <laughs> I think the reason for it is mainly because, at least in my mind, Asriel's, if you're going to argue that this theory is correct and true or whatever, Asriel's sword is big enough that he can torture somebody with it. It's not just a dagger. So and it's never been described. Yeah, as a I dagger, feel like it's almost like a machete. Okay, that's that's crazy, but okay, yes. <laughs> like not like shaped like a machete, but machete length. Machetes are like this big. It's a short yeah. sword. Yeah. Because yeah. like, and the cool thing that you've done here, obviously, is that um, uh, the 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 thing that I think is interesting about this theory is that the concept is when the knife and the sword come together, they're supposed to reunite everybody. And we'll get into mm-hmm. this as we get into the next section about how my theory about the Fae. But I genuinely think that this could be some way to kind of tie in the crossover overall. Because if this truth teller is the other part of the star sword, how do you get it? How else do you get it other than having a crossover, right? So um, in that case, then you would essentially have these reuniting of people. Mm -hmm. And we talk a little bit more about the Fae and the Rifts and all that stuff in a little bit. But I just feel really I feel like if there's one thing that feels very interesting about all the SJM books is that things that are missing can be found in other books if you like not saying that like oh we're looking for the dog with white fur and then oh here is title full caps the dog with white fur but i'm saying like oh a night you know what i mean where i'm like you can fit puzzle pieces in yeah and you're kind of like quick pause yes i just read the quote that i put in here Uh uh-huh and i'm so glad nicole that you pushed the Lorcan Azrael thing with the Azrael and Rune thing. And I don't know if you saw this and this is why you did it, but it says, um, <clears throat> rumor claimed Rune's magic was more like those of his kin who ruled the sacred Fey Isle of Avalon across mm-hmm. the sea, power to summon shadows or mist that could not only veil the physical world, but the mind as well. So I did see this, and part of the reason why I like this as well is because I always got vibes from Rune that he seems also very similar to Lorcan and Asriel. But Even also the veil, the, the veil, the mind is a very vogue thing to do. Yes, there's also a lot of other things that are very... The Sacred Fey Isle as a whole is probably my my most <clears throat> excited thing that I'm ready for for the rest mm-hmm. of the Crescent City series because yeah. there's no goddamn way they're not going there. There's no way. There's no way they're not yeah. going there. You're not going to just tell us and then not go. Um, Honestly, the knowledge that like... Because I keep in my head, I keep being like, oh, we only have these books. But then like the knowledge that there is more Crescent City books for sure coming out i which think means she like, sold at least three titles so that yeah. means we still have one we have two and three that does not mean we're not getting more because as yeah. we saw with ecotar we yep. got more so well, and there's four mm-hmm. houses there's no way that anyway, she- you're not just gonna do the fourth house right yeah. and i mean so my thought is you get to house of fame and shadow mm-hmm. that's when you get more knowledge about those things 
But and then, then, you know, this goes into the stacking of the worlds, but, you know, yeah. it says, you know, the sword was part of a pair, a long bladed knife was forged and it mined from the same me- meteorite, which fell on our world. Yeah. So it so, fell through to their world, which doesn't yeah. mean that it didn't like split off the, like the knife got stuck in one area in the sword just kept going mm-hmm. yeah and we really don't even know how Azrael came to hold truth teller right i don't remember them ever saying I, how he got it i just know that he's i don't it. think so no and we're gonna be doing a reread of ekotar soon anyway so we may find yes, out yeah. that anyway but yeah well yes, we, we can kind of jump into the fey thing then because that's really where all of this like walking through different worlds the stacking of worlds because the way that this is going to be set up for this fey one is really we're gonna be talking about fey first and then the rift followed by the word gates and then kind of com- combination with Aelin, the cauldron and some of the stuff with the library. So this one's actually the biggest chunk I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other stuff that we have towards the end, which is about the gods, Amrins, demons and hell, those will tie in together. So in terms of the Fae though, my, my biggest, my theory, the way that it's described in Crescent city about these people being able to come through different like gates the way Mm -hmm. that they kind of described it um Mm -hmm. is that the worlds are stacked like danielle mentioned and they all were they all came from akotar they all came from prithian that Mm -hmm. akotar world where we know the fey were created Mm -hmm. and they were able to walk between worlds the same way Maeve did and kind of disperse themselves throughout the cosmos and Mm -hmm. they ended up in the throne of glass they ended up in Mm -hmm. um the Midgard, which is Crescent City, they ended up in other places too, I'm sure, that we just haven't learned about yet. Mm-hmm. Or they didn't. Maybe they decided the way that like Aelin talks about when she's walking through worlds are a lot of different places that probably didn't seem inhabitable. So like mm-hmm. maybe these are the three main mm-hmm. places. Who knows? But I do think it's very important that all of the Fae in these stories that have mm-hmm. a lot of power have elemental magic. Ice, mm-hmm. wind, well, fire, shit like that. Light, and- dark, like... Even, like, I know we were talking about last time the allusion to um, the Tree of Life in Norse mythology yep. and about the stacking of worlds yep. and, like, how many there are and how many, like... I Which, mean- quick pause, Madison, did you recently go onto my Disney Plus and watch the Loki show? Dude, I've been doing that. Oh my god, I literally wanted to, I started watching Loki on my account and I'm on episode 3, but I saw that was somebody was on episode 5 and I went, "What the fuck?" Me. <laughs> what did bitch. you tell me? Like, oh, well, you're on we episode t- 5, I'm on episode we, 3. I literally told you that because I was watching it once before we recorded and I said, "Oh, sorry, I was watching the Loki show." How else did you think I was watching it? Oh, I figured it was on my account. I just didn't realize you were in my profile. Well, you told me not to make another profile. That's fair. I did. <laughs> my, my was I on your mom's? <laughs> you should have. I don't think anybody's watched about my mom's yet. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But I agree yeah. with you in the stacked theory thing, especially because uh-huh. we've said it before. Sarah loves Norse mythology. She fucking yeah. loves that shit. The well, Valkyrie, even like back the to the brothers, you know, hell, the goddess. Well, it's a goddess, but, you know, daughter of Loki. <laughs> all comes around um, but, like, <laughs> but like hell the daughter of loki literally goddess of the underworld which also, is in the same place which guys, hell in yeah because I, I looked up shit for the next 
Thor Love and Thunder. Um, mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy will be playing in the reenaction version of um, what happened in Ragnarok as Hela. And I'm actually really excited for it. <laughs> um, Matt Damon will come back to reprise his like Loki uh, yeah. actor. And, and, then, then, and then are they going to bring back yes, Luke? They're, yes, they're bringing back Luke Hemsworth to play his brother Chris. That's so Thor. funny. It's really funny. I'm actually really excited. But also the cool thing about the Loki kind of uh, thing that's happening in the actual series Loki kind of with mm-hmm. this is that how many goddamn timelines do we think there are in this world like do you know what I mean like there could be so many shit like I don't know yeah. like pause but- for a second are you watching what if not yet no I have watched what if uh, that's on Netflix right uh no, no it's on Disney plus the oh, Marvel what, the what, what if, if? Oh, what if is an animated series that's all about the different potential timelines that could happen in the Disney, like a Marvel MCU? There's like there's like an episode where it's Captain like Britain or whatever, and it's Peggy Carter. She took the super soldier. I'm I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. Like, what if X Y Z happens, and how does that manipulate the the multiverses and the outcome of the multiverse? I'm excited because yeah. essentially what happened was, is like I told you earlier, Danielle, my brother asked if I'd watched it and I haven't, I watched WandaVision as it came out and I loved it. I was so excited about WandaVision and then I really am not that thrilled to watch. I mean, I will, but I wasn't that gung ho about watching um, the Winter Captain Soldier. America. Yeah. The Winter Soldier shit that was going on. So like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm a huge Tom Hiddleston fan, so I will. I just, I love I him. Love he that looks big so beautiful. Shakespearean man. There's no reason he should be that beautiful. And also, he's a really good person. Like, what the fuck? Who, who let him? Who? 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 Nic- Nicole, I think you put some pressure on the uh, on a key on your keyboard. Number three, per- perchance. Okay, I'm just gonna do that. What just happened? I accidentally uh, hit the Yeah, Nicole was lot. in the dock and she just like had a f- something down on the three key and it was just like three. I mean, so the concept of multiverses and multiple timelines yeah. is like such a common thing. And, yeah. you know, Marvel's killing it and making mm-hmm. us all real confused and real fucked up about how this right? thing works. Um, and when you guys are done with Mm -hmm. all of the current episodes of what if or once it's all out Mm -hmm. i want to know your end thoughts because my son watches it and then we watch um youtube videos about like breaking it down and looking at different like sections of it my child is like super into youtube and it's Mm -hmm. i love it bad and scary um so yeah no i think that all of the the thoughts on the fae i agree 100 percent and they talk about that very, very commonly in Crescent City. Like, yeah, yeah we decided to stop here. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. It's weird that it's talked about so highly in Crescent City and it wouldn't be in Throne of Glass. But I think part of the reason why it's not talked about in Throne of Glass is because Maeve manipulates it out of their mind. Right. Well, she doesn't want then- anybody to know that they came from someplace else or that this is a possibility. It's a manipulation of the time. And then you also like what, what pops into my head is obviously we had the whole, um, the tower situation that stopped all the magic from working. Mm -hmm. Is there other instances in which other universes have a lesser amount of magic? So once you get in, you can't get, it's kind of like a zip tie where once you like pull it through, you can't go back the other way. Well, 
And we talked because, about... Because, like, you, you can't get it. You know what I mean? Right. And we talked about magic, I think, the last time we did this, about the tunneling into your power compared to the drop in Crescent City. Mm-hmm. Those are very fucking similar. Those are incredibly similar. The way that you physically have to, in your body, go down to a point where you're, like, hitting your threshold. And mm-hmm. I also think it's really, su- not surprising, but really telling that Bryce is, has a hard time finding hers when she goes down. Like, mm-hmm. it takes a while for her to come back up. I love, by the way, that was one of my favorite scenes when Hunt's there with her. Like, fuck <laughs> me, man. That was so Oh, good. my God. That, that whole scene. Well, fuck also, um, also can I we talk about like... the parallel between that and Rowan and Aelin? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're fucking endgame. I cannot. <laughs> I'm sorry. How do you? How? Here's the thing. <laughs> how are you going to tell me that this man got blasted in half? Yep. For her. Yep. But he was he was dead. dead. He was dead. <laughs> he, he was, was dead. dead. Basically dead. <laughs> Absolutely and, dead. And they're not going to be together because okay, fine. Let's bring Akotar into this. Tamlin literally had an opportunity to help her escape, and all he wanted to do was mac on her. Well, <laughs> okay, and if you look at the fact that, like, he, she was going to kill him, okay, in Akotar, he could have tried everything. He Reese did more than Tamlin did in the Akotar ending than mm-hmm. anybody else, really. Like, 100%, I'm sorry, 100%. 100% our sign. For yeah. me, it yeah. was 100% my sign. I was no, like, right. that's well, the game. That's well, and also like like I'm I'm a big hunt fan. Like I am a hunt stan. He me is too. I, I don't him. feel like you can be I literally anybody have else. like I mean I love Rune, have... don't get me wrong, but I really yeah. don't feel like Sarah gives us the opportunity to be in love with anybody else other right. than Hunt. I really don't well, feel like And like I, I literally like I love him so much. I have two pieces of BX romance art on my wall, and it's the Cassian and Nesta, and then I've got uh um Hunt and Bryce. Like I love them. But I honestly I feel like how how is he going to be like i've got you sweetheart i've got you and like do the i am gonna jump out of a fucking plane die for you i'm going to like you know the shower scene like the way how the way how how do you share all that emotional intimacy and then they don't end up together what could he possibly do other than hurt her physically or something that would make it like she's i just she already did a weird little betrayal between them. I do think that there's going to be a point in time where they're not together, whether that's a separation by force, because that could happen easily. Yeah, like a blood and honey with, moment. Or, like, or a, a, like a from blood and ash moment where they're physically yeah. separated. Or mm-hmm. you could have, like you said, the blood and honey moment where they are no longer together by choice. But they come back together. Exactly. I just, I cannot, the way that. Right. Well, and then on top of that. Up, I cannot see it any other way. Well, on top of that, everybody's like, well, Sarah's always done this. Well, Sarah's always done this. I was like, but look at how many times she's taken something that she's like, yeah, twice is a, co- you know, coincidence, but three times will not be a pattern. I will not make it a pattern because she changes something to be like, keep you on your toes. Also, and she's going to keep us on our toes. Also, Connor was her first love interest. And not even just that. You cannot, <laughs> as a writer, you cannot get mm-hmm. stuck in that same mentality of doing the same thing because then people know to expect it and that's not enjoyable to readers most of the time. Right, like they're going to keep looking for a new love interest. Right, and it's there's no point well, in doing that. Well, yeah, and yeah. like we talked about also in the last episode, we, mm-hmm. that was missed. <laughs> <laughs> We have, right. the files, right. shit, yeah. we have the raw files. We have the raw files. Um, I 
just think she has a better imagination than that. Agreed. And yes, we talked exactly. about that when we were talking about the Azrael situation with him yep. feeling entitled to have Elaine. And okay. how yeah. that would be too... She's got a better easy. imagination than that. Now, it's if it happens, easy. it is what it is. I'm not going to exactly. be okay, but it is what it is. But I know she has a better imagination than that. And she doesn't want us to see everything coming. And she no, proven yeah. that by the way she writes. Yeah, well, and like, and and that was kind of the thing about Gwen. I feel like is everybody's like, oh, so is she going to end up with Elaine? She, is he going to end up with Elaine? Is he going to end up with Elaine? Because like, there's Lucian, but like, she likes Azriel. But you know does she I mean? like Azriel, does or does she, she like no, the idea lust, of Azriel? She she likes the idea of him. She likes the idea that Azriel could be her fallback. She truly what elaine wants is her human her human partner she does not want a fey lover the same way that nesta really didn't either she is gonna go through a very similar trauma traumatic issue thing that nesta did Mm -hmm. but i definitely think it'll be a little bit more quiet the way that nesta Mm -hmm. was loud and outgoing elaine has always been quiet and i think you're gonna see elaine go through the same kind of thing we don't fucking know what elaine even saw in that cauldron she's never said and the bitch has been kind of quiet about it so Lord help us when we get into. I got I got beef with Elaine. <laughs> I mean, I anyway. think everybody has beef with Elaine for the sole fact that one, she doesn't get a lot of time to talk about her story. She doesn't want to talk about her story. Mm-hmm. She has no interest in telling people. And nobody what cares happened to her. from the POVs. Like exactly, Thera. Right, that's that Thera is my like. But she had mm-hmm. so much shit going on. She couldn't handle. She couldn't deal. Right. She was that. pregnant and dealing with high ladies. I cannot. I don't think that what's I think what's going to happen by the very end because I think one of the I mean I think you had said one of the arguments was that Nesta really didn't fully like say apologies or whatever Mm -hmm. I think that not all the Archerons are going to like I don't think the Archeron sisters as a whole are going to fully come through until Elaine's book is done because I I I agree it's because Elaine has to go through her thing like we're saying, nobody cares that Elaine went through this. They're all just like, well, Elaine's fine. She's gardening. Well, that's, that that's does not literally, mean she's Oh, fine. my God. That is my, like, that's my biggest burger and my biggest beef, right? Because I'm just, like, sitting here thinking, does Elaine, like, yeah, she's helping people garden. I don't does think she she's have, fine. Does she have a job? No. I don't think she's fine. She just does whatever she wants. Elaine does whatever she wants. What she wants, though, just happens to be planting pretty flowers. I she think she's burying bodies in the backyard. I That'd be crazy. Fucking mood. I like, like Elaine is, may have a garden, but there's bodies fertilizing the roses. Honest to God, I think she's taking a turn for the black, for the dark. I would uh-huh. love to she's see some of that, but I do think turn. Elaine reminds me a little bit of, I mean, I have a couple people that are like this, but Zach is like this in the sense that, like, when you piss him off, he will not tell you he's upset. He mm-hmm. will hold it in. And I feel like Elaine is going through this because what a lot of people like this do will be they can operate normally. They can make mm-hmm. you think that everything is fine. And what they're actually going through is the most emotional turmoil they've ever experienced. And they're unable to vocalize it because they don't know how to handle their feelings. Mm-hmm. See, you get this. Mm-hmm. So I don't hate Elaine. I really just think that she hasn't been given any opportunity by the people's point of views that we've seen to talk about what she's going through. Right. I don't think I don't... people are ready to like explore her, I her don't... internal trauma or whatever yeah i don't even know if sarah's ready because i do feel Mm -hmm. like she also saw something she has three people let's count them three fucking people lucian azrael and that other human who's no longer really in the picture but that wanted her that Mm -hmm. aren't working out that's a lot for one person to go through right well i like 
brain said ding dong. Well, so here's my thing. And I'm, I'm like that. So my motto is it's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Yep. Yep. So Mm -hmm. you hear me say that a lot. I'm like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like the bane of my best friend's existence. She's like, when I hear you say it's fine, everything's fine. I know it's not fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's my first inclination that nothing is fine. And my thing with Elaine is that I don't hate Elaine. I just hate her relationship with Azrael. No, I don't prefer her. Now, I really honestly, like, I would be surprised if it stays fluffy. If she doesn't go down a dark turn. Oh, yeah. No way in hell he's fluffy. No way. I actually feel like her taking that turn to maybe villainous. Yeah, I want. I saw somebody say the other day that she's that they were like Elaine in order to try and get back, like make it up to Feyre, goes to try and kill Tamlin. Hmm. And I, I said, I, I don't know. Hello. If I feel that. I mean, I, well, and I said, well, and I was right, and I was like, I don't know, but I do think the Elaine story will have because first of all, he would annihilate her. I just, I do feel like that <laughs> like, Elaine's goal and the reason why she's been so quiet is she's trying to find a way to turn back into a human. Agreed. Elaine's goal has always oh, felt what if like. that's what she's doing? That's my not- point. Elaine's goal has always felt like to be a human so she can be with the guy that she's in love with. She's not in love with Lucian. She's really not in love with Asriel. She just needs something to kill the time. And. Agreed. She and likes I the that- idea of Asriel because Asriel could take care of her the way that her human would have taken care of her. And it's her fallback mm-hmm. plan. Yep. And honestly, I think that's why she hits the road of villainous because it's everything that none of them want to see and she's mm-hmm. gonna have to go to something dark to get that and we and know darkness is quietest one right like she's also yeah. the one that nobody expects that to be the case right she's, like, that's where she's the one that killed exactly she's the one that kills the king of highburn and that was one of those things you're like holy shit elaine did that what the fuck like that was one of With those things truth teller no less my queen i will say mm-hmm. i do like some of the stuff about her i just Keep going. Though, I think she has potential, but also vegetable seeds could not have cost that much money. I cut you off, Danielle. What were you were finishing saying, though? No, I mean, uh, what's the what's the new baddie in the lake? Koshi. Koshi. Just yeah. the storyline, like the physical, like that Swan Swan Lake storyline. Yep. It really does play in with like a princess and like this whole transition and you know the bird and that's the the other girls the human yeah that gets turned into the bird at you know during the night like there's Mm -hmm. there's so many like swan like references and it fits with elaine's character and in order for Mm -hmm. her to get to her end game she has to go to the dark side i I think that's totally fair whether or not she pulls out of that that's to be said on where she ends up and I don't right. mm-hmm. think it's Grayson. I don't think Sarah's going to take her well, back to humanoid. The number one reason why I think it would be it, it wouldn't be Grayson is right. That's yeah, like the human guy that she was engaged engaged to or whatever. I'm sorry. It'd be like if your sisters both came out as queer, got married to like women. Let's just say like they were they both came out as lesbians. They got married to women. Then you decided to marry a homophobe. I mean, right. yeah. That's exactly like, kind of what it is. Like, and I'm like, I just, route. 
And yeah, I, really, I don't love I don't love Elaine, but I also don't think she'd do that. No, and I really do think that at the end of the day, I like the concept of her and Lucian because too? they do have that tragedy. They do have that mm-hmm. like um, imposter syndrome where they yeah. don't know where. They're also, not really like I hate to be the asshole, but I really don't feel like <laughs> Elaine likes the way her siblings treat her. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that both of them, Feyre and Nesta, have always mm-hmm. kind of seen Elaine as helpless. Yep. And I think Lucian can kind of relate, not in the helplessness, but that his siblings don't like him. Yeah. They all mm-hmm. kind of know he's different. That's why he was the emissary to the Autumn Court and why he lived in the Spring Court. And so I think that there's a lot to be said with that. I refuse to believe that people don't like want to get onto the idea that Lucian's going to be the high lord of the day court at some point in time and mm-hmm. she's always in like embroiled by the sun like sun, she yeah. cannot well, tell me that that does not make sense like and on top of that we keep talking about Elaine wanting to get back to her human roots isn't Lucian literally the emissary mortal land's emissary yeah, yes yeah. it's oh, goodbye there's just too many <laughs> ties and I get yeah. it like nobody sh- because she doesn't like it People are like, well, it must not be. and Or they're also like, I don't want her to be, like, casted in that role. And it's like, you're yeah, right, but like, Sarah's laying or, the groundwork for you. Yeah. Right. yeah I we just, don't want it like, to be well, a forced thing. You well, know, people are like, people are like, oh, she doesn't really like Lucian. Um, to be fair, Feyre didn't really like Reese. No. She did. It's just, it just, it, it just, the to dislike fair, happened over a Nesta shorter didn't period really of time. Like Cassian either. So. Like, I'm sorry. To be fair, Aelin didn't really like Rowan. To be fair, Bryce didn't really like Hunt. Irene to be hated fair. Kayle. Like, like <laughs> to real. be fair. To be fair. So, yes. Literally, like, Manon and Dorian, a little bit of, like, hot beef. But. And that's not a very forward plot point, but it is yeah. something that's consistent yeah, enough right. that I think that Sarah wouldn't deviate from that at this point. I, uh-huh. I don't think we feel like it's boring. Like yeah, yeah. for I'm me, just for me, a lot. first love not being the end game is boring. Like I'm bored okay. with yeah. that. Concept. And also, I just, <laughs> I just, I can't help but I just think back to that live that Sarah did with Josh, when somebody was like, "Gwyn is stupid. Gwyn is boring, or whatever." And when, when, no, 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 they didn't even say that. They said some really hurtful shit about Gwyn being a sexual yeah. assault survivor and saying she couldn't handle Azriel. And Sarah was right. like. What? Yeah, she but she made yeah she made this face of like, fucking excuse me, and I'm like that right there tells me that Gwen is going to end up with Azriel. Like, sorry, goodbye. She's already <laughs> anyway. written Gwen. Yeah, right. We know yeah. Where like, like I'm sorry. And the thing, I'm, the, thing the minute the minute his shadows reached out for her, yeah, yeah. whatever. Anyway, so the worlds are stacked. Okay, the, the world is next. <laughs> The, the the rift is the next part and I think the biggest thing yeah. about the rift that's interesting you put the quote in here from um, Crescent City where it says since the day the veneer had crawled through the northern rift and overtaken Midgard eons ago now my personal opinion on the eons ago is like predates the time frame that they've given right. up right well cause he yep. Hunt was born in 1238-7 there's no way he was born in 1238-7 when it's 15,000 something well, but that is that AD, but they have like an AD and a BC moment. I don't know, but that doesn't make sense still. We had this all figured out in the last episode and now we lost it. <laughs> great, 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 great. Good. Here, okay. I'll look it up. Regardless, regardless. Um, oh, he was born in 14802. See, that makes more sense. V.E. Um, Vanar era. 
Yes. Yeah. So let me get yeah. into that. So it talks about how it says in an event historians called the crossing running was the best option. If the veneer decided to make a meal out of you, I think we talked about how the veneer kind of seem a little bit similar to uh, the Valg in a way, because yeah. like they ate people kind mm-hmm. of fucking weird. Um, that is if you didn't have a gun or bombs or a are horn, you on fire? I'm, uh, oh, I just saw smoke wafting up and I, I was like, Danielle, I, are- I paused. I was like, <laughs> okay. okay okay gotcha okay cool sorry i um, just got really concerned <laughs> go on anyway go on. uh she often wondered about it what it had been like before this planet had found itself occupied by creatures with from so many different worlds all of them far more advanced and civilized than this one when it was just humans and other ordinary animals even their calendar system hearkened to the crossing the time before and after it h-e-n-v-e human era and veneer era mm-hmm. yeah that to me one we've already said midgard is earth we've said that that's part yeah. of how the norse mythology is this is just our world mm-hmm. in the future which is something also that you're saying human era yeah it's cities like yeah yeah exactly and um, this is the only world where we get like technology so it makes sense yeah that it is our world because we're relating it and obviously midgard we all know it's like, earth like right. that's a that's a canon that's exactly canon. <laughs> like i'm sorry the fact that bryson hunt text yeah <laughs> Rowan and Reese could never right well, you know, the other thing about this that you put in here is about the old language and you know it mentions that the old language of the Fae his father had like recorded everything in the half forgotten language of their people mm-hmm. the old language of the Fae is referenced in Throne of Glass I don't think it's referenced in Aquatar, but I think again we kind of talked about this the last time we recorded it was that's their language there is no old yeah. language for them that's Aquatar, it Aquatar, Throne of Glass, Crescent City yeah. like they're yeah. stacked yeah yeah, there's no yeah. there's no other thing. And I think the other thing about um, the rift is that this crossing that happens just harkens to that idea that I said about the Fae, like being from different, being from the Akotar world, which I do, we do talk about the cauldron coming up. We might, we can jump to that one in a little bit now, is that if the cauldron really did create Fae and there is mm-hmm. a crossing and people are able to walk through worlds, that's why we didn't hear about anything else being created in Throne of Glass or Crescent City. Crescent City just happens to be the book that says, oh, we know more about this. The yeah. Throne of Glass people, like we said, Maeve's mind yeah. manipulation probably took all of that away from them. Exactly. Like, honestly, yeah. The It's just, it's very, very suspicious that Aquatar is the only one that talks about, like, world creation. Right. And almost, we didn't so even speak. talk about the fact that the healers that were would have been in the southern continent of throne of glass yep mm-hmm. that piece of it we've never met those people so like they I may just... still have that knowledge because Maeve never was able to tap into them but none of the people met them in the story so they would have never been able to tell you that information there's also like i don't know this might just be a me thing about like healers and stuff as an offshoot i just think it's very curious how irene and hypaxia yep almost look very similar yeah so I think about that a lot. Does it match yes. Maja in Akotar also look kind of like them? I mean, he, she's older, Maja? but doesn't she, yeah. Yeah, I, doesn't she have that like longer like look? And she does her hair now. Which court does the healing in Akotar? It's the it's, it's the dawn. It's the dawn, dawn, court. Yeah, dawn court. And don't and I think if we're remembering right, they look very similar. They do. They to, have that yeah. darker skin tone. They don't. Well, but they're almost have... like they're almost like like warm brown 
I feel I, I, I haven't seen a photo of, of Therian. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen a photo of uh, Therian in a very mm-hmm. long time. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, mm-hmm. the, the thing about the court, the solar courts versus the um, seasonal courts. Yeah, dark skin, spindrift hair, and brown eyes. What the fuck is spindrift hair? I believe that is like the way that your hair is. Like it's like kind of uh, spirally and also kind of like bigger because it's like yeah. a softer. Isn't spindrift normally like something that comes off of the off of this the doesn't sea? help me at all. This all this is is photos of Kristen Bell with spindrift seltzer all right well that doesn't matter anyway in terms of the rift though i mean like there's a lot of i mean there's we could obviously put this doc up if you're okay with it danielle so people Mm -hmm. can go in and see the quotes um there's some quotes from like micah on here about like the first wars and the asteri i i truly just think when it comes to the rift you have to think about that being the crossing this whole war between them and what that would have meant if the fae came through they're not the only people to come through. The Valg easily could have been there. We have yes. no idea how these other houses, like we have mermaids, right? We have mm-hmm. other and other pe- creatures from Crescent City that we barely know a lot about. There's some stuff in the um the the category of the house that Jessica and all of them are in. Yeah. There's some dark shit that could easily be similar shit. to how the Iron Teeth were created via a human and a Valg. Like, yeah, it's almost be... like it's that it's that de- like demi demon sort of thing. Well, and we know from discussions on the um, the gods that. Yeah. In Crescent City, they state they were a strange, unique group, the witches. They looked like humans. Their considerable magic and long lives marked them as veneer. Their power mostly passed through Mm -hmm. the female line. All of them deemed Mm -hmm. Vidas. The power was inherited from some ancient source that the witches claimed was a three-faced goddess. Yep. They could have either had people walking through worlds again, same situation, or mm-hmm. it's another way of creation that they just that just kind of happened. I mean, well, I would yep. love to see more like about why the crossover. I genuinely would like at this point in time, now that I'm so deep into it, I know at one point I said I didn't want it. I would like to see some crossover now because there's so much that's relevant to each of mm-hmm. the series that it would just be nice to have it all kind of tied up. Will mm-hmm. we ever get that? I don't know, but I would love it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the word gates because the word gates are really how they came through, right? Like the word gates and the trove and the horn and all that stuff. That's yeah. all kind of ties in. And the biggest thing that I think that everybody is talking about right now is that the horn from Crescent City is the fourth trove item. Mm-hmm. That is so just fucking awesome. And if you think about the way that the third, the, the trove items were talked about, mm-hmm. the harp. And the way that there's the strings, the way that mm-hmm. the mother and whoever Nest is talking to in that moment, I think it's the mother. At least that's what I. It is away the from mother. It. Yeah. Those pieces that she's talking about, and like time being one of the last strings that you could pluck, like that to me kind of made sense. How the fourth item could be the horn. Then, like I took away from the trove items that we have that they're dangerous, that they're very volatile in a lot of ways. They can do a lot of things the same way the horn could. I mean. They took the horn and basically crushed it up and put it into ink and tattooed it on her body. Like, yep. that's so, and, and she was still powerful. Like, that's incredible. It reminded me a lot of the word gate shit that they do with Aelin and like yeah. how they have to cut open her arm, place them into her mm-hmm. exactly in order to open the gate. Technically, 
Bryce's power and the horn on her back allows her to open up the, I think they're gates, right? Aren't yeah. they gates in Preston City? Yeah. So, I mean, they're gates, but I feel like they're more like archways. I think they are archways, but I, yeah. I think, do they call them gates or what do they, they call do. them? Okay. So they do. I think if it's called gates, then we just go with it. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do think it's really interesting that, um, the horn if they're looking for more trove items, I just like, how are you not going to go there? Or yeah. how are somebody else not going to go to Akotar? Like, we already had yeah. Aelin go to Akotar World. Why couldn't yeah. Bryce and Hunt and all of them? <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> it's just Cassian and Hunt being like, who are you? I am you. You are me. Like... <laughs> anyway, go on. It's, it's the just, Spider-Man meme. It's definitely one of those things where, like, the trove the horn we know honestly very little like they gave right. us details but they didn't really give us everything right. but something that the trove is is it's wearable mm-hmm. it's yes. always yep. a wearable item whether it's, it's almost like armor in some ways exactly so well and you would mm-hmm. use a horn to go into go into battle i'm just saying yeah. yep so that I will say the trove gives me big Narnia vibes for some reason. Oh yeah. Everything for you gives you big Narnia vibes. That's true. But I honestly, I think the horn specifically because Susan's horn yeah. was like able to call Aslan well, or whatever. It was at, like, and wake up the trees. If you look at the quote that you put in here, Danielle for number F where it says a raspy voice slithered out to the smoke to open the doorway between worlds, a chill seized hunt. They wish to use the horn to reopen the Northern rift. The horn's purpose wasn't merely to close doors. It opens them too. It depends on the bearer's wishes, but the horn yeah. is broken. It can be healed. How they talk about it's veiled. I cannot see. No one can see. I think this is the conversation that they're having with, um the sphinx like thing what the fuck was that thing called the oracle the oracle thank you yeah um i truly also the fact that um also big Hunt's greek mythology vibes well the fact that the hunt is, was referred to as lord of lightning you, you're telling me that's not thor energy i okay i cannot be thinking about so when we did when we did our um gods and monsters episode with Catherine, and she was like oh no like shelby puts in little like hints for people that are like pop culture references. And I think about that every single time I hear something in one of these books and I'm like, Lord of Thunder. <laughs> Lord of Light. Lord of Thunder. Are you Thor? Of God Thunder. of Hammers? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things from Ragnarok. But I will say that whole piece right there, the idea that um, the horn can be healed, similar to how some of the other trove pieces can be healed, the fact mm-hmm. that it <laughs> depends on the bearer's wishes, the same way that the mask and the harp and the fucking whatever the other, was it a sword? What the fuck was the other <laughs> item? What was the other item that she had? The crown. It was a harp. The, the crown. The, mask, yeah, the crown. The, the um, harp. harp. Yes. And if the fact that um, that piece with the horn combined just feels so similar and and that you get crescent city first and then a court of silver flames like mm-hmm. i don't know about y'all <laughs> i don't necessarily feel like sarah sat down with her editor because this is the thing i love about traditional publishing in some cases mm-hmm. is that when when you get an editor who you know you're gonna be publishing with like somebody who's actually going to be selling your book to your publisher again mm-hmm. you'll be sitting down with them to talk out everything she easily mm-hmm. could have said, this is what I'm kind of thinking. How do you think? And she, her editor or whoever could have been like, dude, you have to do 
Crescent City first so that the Aquarius yeah. Silver Flame stuff will like make sense. Ex- yeah. Well, not even just that, explode people's minds. Like mm-hmm. it does not yeah. it does not read to me that the publisher knew everything going into this. It reads to me that Sarah knew everything going into this and her yeah. people helped her basically be like, This is the way you have to publish this them. first and then this. Yes. Well, and I keep mm-hmm. wanting to try to find some sort of picture of Luna, the goddess Luna. Because, mm-hmm. you know, her art in her books are fairly important. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, Luna plays such like a big role in the cover of Crescent City. And then on mm-hmm. the inside, she's got this beautiful thing. And I was wondering, like, which, which goddess had the all of them? Was that in Akatar since most of them are there? Oh, did mm-hmm. the mother own and hold all of those? And that's the way that sh- they created this world and created the rifts where people were walk through. And was she mm-hmm. some like physical entity at some point who was just faded away from memory after generations and generations? And or did she just migrate with them? Like, did she pass through kind of like Maeve? Like, all the things that they do are like wearables. So mm-hmm. did one, and they? I think they said that at some point, you have, like, wearing all of them will break you. Like, you won't mm-hmm. be able to come back yeah. from that. But Nesta shows with great power, she can harness all of them. And then you know, Bryce's great power harnessing the horn, Aelin's mm-hmm. great power harnessing the word gates, like, it takes great power to hold those things in, and she's been shown that because nobody else can utilize those items without cracking. I mean, right. mm-hmm. just like when Erwan was trying to implant the word gates into his side pieces, and he kept trying to find more powerful people, but it was never working. They were always dying or fading. And he knew that he couldn't implant them in every single one. So he was right. just using it as like a storage device versus well, Aelin had enough power to harness that. Like Bryce has enough power and right. Nesta has, right. she stole more power. Like yeah, the High Lady, she's got all the different types of power. But they kind of were worried that Nesta might actually be more powerful than Sarah. Well, and I think Nesta was because in my in my humble opinion, I feel like it's kind of it's kind of like that thing of like when you pour water between cups. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you were to pour it into one cup and then pour it into another, eventually you're going to have quite a bit less water because you have like residue. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were to get it straight from the source you would fill all the way up. And I feel like despite Feyre having power from all of the seven, it's still further down the line. Whereas Nesta went straight to the source. Yeah. Right. If that I makes agree. sense. I think the other okay. thing that's really important too with the horn is that to be completely fair, I personally don't remember if this was in Crescent City or I'm just like inferring on something about this. Mm-hmm. They talked about repairing the horn a lot. Mm-hmm. Is the repairing of the horn putting it into Bryce's body was that the reason why it was able to be fixed because like they were able to grind it up put it into the ink put it onto her back yeah and then 
in theory, she's able to utilize it. So the horn was broken. Right. If it was broken and then put into her and able to be used, either her power is what healed it or her body is what healed it. It really doesn't make starborn sense. Starborn energy. Exactly. But it really doesn't make sense that it would still be broken inside of her. So no, like, it's not broken. And you can exactly. feel that. So I think it's just another way of like Sarah talking about that these pieces of them are inside of them all along. Like we said, Nesta's power is inside of her. And that's mm-hmm. why she's able to wield these objects. And Aelin's power was inside of her to be able to wield the word key. Yeah. All of those things just kind of add to that. I mean, even if you look at Feyre, Feyre had to heal the cauldron. She had to put yeah. the cauldron back together using her gifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Reese. And Reese. She wasn't power enough. She needed... <laughs> I still will never get over that scene. It still hurts mm-hmm. me. Um. So I don't know. I do think that it could be the fourth trove item. What does that mean for the Akotar and Crescent City universe? They're the only two series that are still being written as of right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in theory, they would be the most likely to actually have the crossover. Yeah. So well, I think that's why we see so many similarities in the two as well. And let's mm-hmm. talk about Aelin having to give up her power to harness the word gate and close the word gates. Yeah. My Nesta piece. having to give up her powers to harness the power of the Troves to save Feyre. But Bryce mm-hmm. didn't but have to give up. Bryce, Bryce hasn't didn't. had to give anything. Yeah. If anything, she yeah. pulled it. She got in. more power. She got more power. But she didn't have any power to start with, technically. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's... I think, I think just, what it is, honestly... I think Bryce probably, and the other thing we didn't talk about with Bryce and her parentage at all is that Bryce, in terms of looks and her father, who is the Autumn King, they could mm-hmm. all be from the Autumn Court, or at least descendants of the Autumn Court people. Yes. They could be descendants of Lucian's line. And if we're being completely honest, if you think about the fact that Bryce's look with the like kind of beautiful, like bronze skin, the long yes. hair, she looks very near identical to Lucian. Yeah. The fact yeah. that Lucian's parentage is the High Lord um, of the Day Court with the Lady of the Autumn Court, it kind of adds into the idea that Bryce is starborn and also has all of this light type of power, the mm-hmm. way that the Day Court has. Like the Day yeah. Court mm-hmm. ability is to summon light, I believe, because of, or maybe that's either way, it doesn't matter. But there's yeah. some things with that that I think tie into each other. Bryce feels the way that her character is kind of, you know, marginalized in a way, especially with other people in her in her world. People don't really look well upon her because she's half fey, she's demi fey. They don't really mm-hmm. see a lot of her because she's a party girl. She, to me, has the most tragic out of all three of the main girls. I mean, yes, Nesta is a main mm-hmm. girl now, but like when you think about the books as a whole, you're like Feyre, Aelin, Bryce. Yeah, the right? OG three. The OG three. <laughs> Bryce seems to be the one that could have the hardest abilities, but also the hardest time, but the most abilities, like out of all of them. If that's the Mm -hmm. case, that probably means there's something bigger coming that Bryce is not going to have to give up her gifts for. And that's why she keeps them even in those very small moments. Now, granted, Nesta gives up her stuff at the very end of her book. Aelin gives up at the very end of all of her series. Even Feyre's not able to use most of her powers after her stuff is done because of the pregnancy. We have no idea what's going to come next or anything like that. But I do think it's interesting that it's once everything's done that people give Mm -hmm. up things. 
Bryce hasn't because there's more shit coming. Yeah, like, I do also. Bad. Sometimes I like I I wonder because like I don't know. It seems not obviously she's done it for most of her ladies, but it seems like not very SJM ish to like take away the girls powers completely which she doesn't do she leaves them a little bit but i'm just like there's a little part of me that like with this world crossing is there some of that that comes back in i wonder they if get Bryce some of has that to back. do that exactly i wonder if yeah. Bryce has to do that to get them to come through or whatever the fuck it is like yeah. bryce is bryce as the whole bryce to me feels like the linchpin out of all the yeah, women bryce i agree feels like the linchpin and that's because she seems so similar to temperament to aelin looks to the akotar world the abilities are not what we've seen before. So if mm-hmm. you think about it, her being almost the linchpin between all of the Fae, I mean, there's just so many questions. Aelin, Aelin when we get to the Aelin section here, which is it's still in this here, mm-hmm. the whole thing about her falling through these different worlds and stuff, she mentions that she would like to know more about these other places. I don't That she's never like... going to feel, like, truly satisfied exactly. until she, like, knows what they're like. Okay. Yeah, I just, again, I feel like that's something that <laughs> okay. you don't do if you're not intending at least something, like, some type of crossover. And, again, it it, it reads to me, if Kingdom of Ash really was, like, if you look at the timeline of publication... Mm-hmm. Kingdom of Ash is published, and then I believe the novella A Court of Silver Flame or Court of Frost and Starlight was published. Mm-hmm. Then Crescent City, then A Court of Silver Flames. If you look at those four, in theory, that leads you to this crossover as a whole. Like yeah, it's the shit that happens in Akotar. Exactly. It is the shit that happens in Kingdom of Ash is the foreshadowing. The stuff that happens in A Court of Frost and Starlight sets up everything you really need to know about what's going to come in Silver Flames. But Crescent City sets up the crossing. And that, I think, is the biggest thing that is like, yep. Well, it's and also happening. the crossing is when, star- is when the Starborn stuff happened. Right. So it only makes sense that, <laughs> like, what is his name? Pel- it's not Pelican. Pelican. It's Pelican. Thank you. <laughs> it's like it's something Pelican-ish. Um, it's close. She took a she took a name and changed some letters again. <laughs> yep. But um, yeah, the fact that he came through in the crossing and he's like the first Starborn mm-hmm. prince. Like, okay. Does it also kind he of remind you one- of Helios? Yeah, like Helios and 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 Helios, Helion, which I'm fucking yeah. never. Helios I don't like calling then- him Helion, but whatever, I will because yeah. I know it's I know what's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Well, and also just the fact that he was like, he came over in the crossing, first Starborn Prince, first one to use Luna's horn. Yep. Well, and okay, no, here's another thing. Two, Goodbye. Two Where did you come from? Those, Where did you go? The road back. Cotton I jo- I'm sorry. You're telling me that he came through in the crossing, yep. which is the when all the magical people showed up. Yep. And then he came with the horn, first one to use the horn. And we're saying that Akotar is the like wait, the base world. Wait, we didn't even think about the fact that didn't Hellion <laughs> say in a court of silver flames that he had an issue with the trove because he's pretty sure somebody in his family line had touched it at one point in time. So what if Hellion is or Helion is related to Peleus? He has the fucking Lord of the Day. You know what I mean? What Always they, be thinking. What, you know what I mean? Like, what if that's well, why? And what is the sun that- if not a star? exactly first of all exactly second of all if you think about it if Peleus did come from a Kotar world which I'm still a fan of if he did come from the a Kotar world and he was a high lord and he had access mm-hmm. to the trove him bringing the horn over makes a fuck ton of sense yep. oh yeah especially yep. if he was unable to open up any gates without it well and on top of that the horn literally it says in the book the fae forged it in their home world what in <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we all know 
Akatar is homeworld. That's yeah, that's I, the, absolutely that's the foundationary period. Now, how Aelin fell through it, that's where I think that the darkness where she was staying before she mm-hmm. fell through the worlds, that's the cauldron. Yeah. It seriously could have been. Seriously could mm-hmm. have been. Well, but it's also like, like melting pot. Everything that yeah. she saw, all the openings that she was able to do to push mm-hmm. the gods in. Well, it's just a, and, a big old darkness. That's how. Well, they say and it. even in the beginning of, well, I mean, I guess bonus chapter of uh, Silver Flames, Frost and Starlight. Frost and Starlight, beginning of Silver Flames. The way Nesta talks about being in the cauldron, it is just nothingness. Yes, yeah, it's and very similar to Aelin's falling through and all that. Yes, shit. yes. And then, like, on top of that, you'd have to imagine that it is almost a dimension when Reese is like, pull Amrin out. Like, right? she's just Jay chilling in there. Right? Yeah. It is so, just like, like this dark, it's like standing in a dark room with a bunch of different doors. And being yeah. true. Hey, it is that clearing in Nightmare Before Christmas. But it is that clearing in Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> but you know I'm talking she about doesn't go through a door. She right. then falls out of it. Right. So, so here's the thing too about the the worlds that I know you <clears throat> mentioned and we mentioned the last time we recorded is that there are so many people, Reese, Merrill and the Autumn King in Crescent City that are all looking at how they can do different, how different worlds happen. And again, Mm -hmm. I think it's really telling that the way that the books are published is that you have Crescent City where Bryce's dad is looking at how these planets, which he says are planets, he believes that they're planets and how that is how which also able- goes into Norse mythology because they show them as planets literally all the time. They do talk about how like Bryce's dad is looking at how they can get back to the home world because they're losing their abilities in in this current world. Which yeah. maybe that maybe that's based on the actual planet itself. If Midgard is not as fruitful with magic the way that we know it's not here um and the Akotar world has that element maybe because of the mother maybe because it is the home world whatever the reason is. That makes sense. And then Meryl, who's looking at it for Reese, like, what does Reese need it for? What the hell yeah. is Reese doing? Well, and I also think it's very telling that it's like, it's not even like, oh, we're discussing about the chance that there are multiple worlds. It's like, no, each book has addressed the fact that there are other dimensions slash universes slash worlds. Like, they are all cognizant of that idea. And you're telling me that they're not going to interact? Well, or that they're not going to try? Like, what? Yeah. And that makes so much sense like what you just said about Rune's Mm -hmm. dad saying like, Hey, we're just not, our power is dying. We have got to get back to our home world. There's Mm -hmm. your opening. There's your cross. There's your freaking bridge back to Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on the way to that bridge, you have got to go through throne of glass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and it all leads back to, again, this is the other last two pieces in this section before we jump down to like the gods and a lot of the shit that's actually from, Akotar in Crescent City that we haven't touched on with like Amran. But when you talk about the library that Jessica has accumulated in Crescent mm-hmm. City, and when you talk about Crescent City set in the future, now here's the deal. I totally believe now the way that Sarah has written these, that they are all happening at the same time. I just think they're yeah. happening at different points in time. Now we did kind of try to figure out the timeline of Throne of Glass and how long it was compared to the timeline in Akotar, but we know for sure that. Kingdom of Ash is happening at the same time as the solstice stuff is happening in Silver a court Flames. of Silver Flames. Yep. 
We do mm-hmm. not, however, know exactly what's happening in. There's no connection between Crescent City timeline wise for the other two. So I'm not going to speculate, but I do still think that it's happening either after a Court of Silver Flames or during a Court of Silver mm-hmm. Flames ish. Because I feel like if a Court of Silver Flames is in fact like the linchpin for the books being the crossover there, that just makes a ton of sense to me. It just in the way that it's like the second section of a Kotar. It yeah. feels like that that could be the linchpin for the timelines mm-hmm. all matching up. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, the books that Jessica has, we have no fucking idea where the Book of Breathings went after they found it. No idea. Mm-hmm. It could be still in Reese's study or it could be in two different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe there's something to do with how magical that book is that it's able to be in multiple dimensions or, at once. The same way that The Walking Dead in the fucking Throne of Glass world was able to be in Throne of Glass and Crescent City. Or Crescent right. City really is just set farther in the future and we don't really know that yet. There's there's other things that could be there. Yeah. But, there's also what? like, oh, what is that? What is that sh- thing? There's like a show or something where there's an object that'll like move itself to wherever it needs to be, and people don't notice that it's gone. I I feel like I know there's a show where something done. Right, right, Danielle. I literally like I know it's from something, but I don't remember what. Where it'll just like disappear and like go wherever it needs to be. Is right, it a TV show. You think? maybe let's see um, there's something there mm-hmm. i i know what you're saying and it yeah no where it's like does somebody like huh. recall something like okay hold on um, they like command it is it lord of the rings well i couldn't tell you because this google search was not helpful so but mm-hmm. i do you're think it's important. and somebody that listens might tell us but oh, yeah sure. right but like, yeah, no, I, it reminds me of like that sort of thing about like the item itself is almost sentient. Like all of them are. I mean, the Book of Breathings spoke to them. To Feyre. Like and that well, shit is Feyre, fucking sentient. Elaine and Nesta, right? Yeah, I believe so. Because yeah. at least Feyre was able to find it in the right, in the, right. What, the summer court. And right. And Amran was reading it with Amran because she knew that was going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. It made mm-hmm. me so mad. I was like, Amy, yeah. whose side are you on?" Right. Well, and okay, that's just... another. That's another thing we're going to talk about with Amarin about her origins and all that stuff in a minute. Mm-hmm. Real quick, though, with the Crescent City in the future. I mean, we know for us, it's set in our future, hundreds of thousands of years later. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what it could be for them, I really do hope they're all happening at the same time. But I could also see how Crescent City is set earlier, like, or not, sorry, I'm sorry, set mm-hmm. later in the time frame. Um, if that's the case, then the, what would be really, really dope is that when they do have the crossover, you actually get adult versions of, like, Nyx and, like, whatever other characters we haven't been introduced to yet. Yeah. And couples and all this other stuff. But I do kind of hope that they are all in a similar time frame. Um, so we'll just kind of have to wait and see on that piece, but I do kind of feel that they're close. They're very close in time yeah. frames. Mm-hmm. They're, if they're not identical, they're very, very close. There's just no reason. And the other thing that speaks to that idea too, with the, um, time frames is that why are so many cosmic events happening at the same exact time? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Akotar and Throne of Glass are having cosmic events, like the cauldron needing to be repaired, or Aitlin well, falling through the worlds. And, and during the solstice, when you have all this shit happening with Nesta, who's literally changing things in Akotar. Right. Well, I always think about, like, weird. too, with the guys, I feel like there's a lot of instances where, like, around these years, yep. these guys were born. Exactly. Around, like, these times, these guys were born. Around this era, these girls were born. Because the girls are all, right, like, the same in age. the, like... With like, with the exception of Aelin, but oh, like, no, like the- Aelin and Feyre are close in age. Like that's Feyre true. Is- that's true. And then Nesta and Bryce are like right around that like twenty five, twenty six range. I feel like exactly. So you have Feyre by the end of Kingdom of Ash, Aelin is twenty. Feyre in a court of silver flames is 21 so realistically they're born within a year of each other nesta and bryce i believe you're right are like the 26 25 yeah nesta's 25 and akosif and i'm pretty sure bryce is like around that age 26 i want to say bryce is 26 i mean she's she's the oldest i believe out of all of them but i don't think Mm -hmm. it's too far the fact that there's so many people that are so powerful in that time frame it's just weird it's just weird bryce is 25 no bryce is 25 yeah yeah two very powerful ladies whose books come back back to back i'm sorry Mm -hmm. yeah and so something that i want to noodle with you guys on Mm -hmm. is the concept of the shit how do i say this the lunar event like we Mm -hmm. saw Mm -hmm. the the foretelling in silver flames the red star going across the sky we know right. that that's Aelin what what if anything did Bryce see right right we have yep. no did idea that actually happen in Bryce's time like that's the connection of the timelines and we didn't hear anything about it in this book right well and that's right. the other thing I'm not sure about that's why I said like I'm not 100% I would love for them to all be synced and maybe it is coming maybe we just haven't gotten there yet because maybe the stuff that's happening in the first Crescent City book and House of Earth and Blood, maybe the shit that's happening there is happening simultaneously to maybe the end of Echo War. Mm-hmm. Or maybe when the novella is taking place for A Court of Frost and Starlight. We're not 100% sure then. I kind of hope that there will be some point in time where somebody in the world, because I feel like you're right. The people of Akotar, the people in the Night Court mm-hmm. specifically, saw Aelin come across the stars. Come across yeah. the sky. If Bryce didn't see it, other people would have, and they would have said something and we would have heard about it. At least that's my theory. So either it's coming or it this Crescent City is really set farther in the future or farther in the past. Who the fuck knows? But I do think it's interesting they bring up that point because you're right. It is a very... It, it, she fell through all of the world. She fell through Crescent City. We know because we can see it in that section. You you lovely typed up. I think it's section seven mm-hmm. where it talks about Crescent yeah. City. She passed through a world wh- where a great city was built along the curves of a river. The buildings are possibly tall with glowing lights. That's Crescent City. That's the exactly. Crescent City. That's like Crescent that's city. what it is. We agree. So I don't. And I think everybody is on that page. So I think that there's a lot of things about Crescent City's <clears throat> timeline that hopefully will get answered in yeah. House of Sky and Breath or possibly even the third one. I'm kind of thinking it's going to be House of Sky and Breath. Again, it just feels so perfect in a way that you have a House of Earth and Blood and then you have Court of Silver Flames and then to have another Crescent City novel, House of Sky and Breath, come out like that to me is just like yeah there's more there's more there's more it's coming yeah. you have to wait you have to wait because you really get into your fae in house of sky and breath 
Like that's the angels, right. that's the fae, that's the elementals, um, those that are blessed by solace. Um, yes. You know, all of those things, they're favored by Luna. Like the fae are mm-hmm. favored by Luna. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I we also talked about more about like the Norris and the Greek mythology of Luna. Like what is, how does that tie? Like, could that potentially tie to the mother or to the three-faced goddess? That's exactly what I was going to say, because aren't more often than not, when you think about witches and you think about like the three-faced goddess and like all that stuff, a lot of that's associated to the moon. And oftentimes Luna is the, not oftentimes, Luna is the Latin and Spanish and Italian version of moon. Like that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So I have to believe that that's also the case. Like I have to believe in this world that these these things stack up. And we also yeah. talked about Sarah is a religion major. Like she literally studied yeah. religious studies. There's yeah. no way that this girl did not go to school and go. You know, I'm going to use this for my my degree. Yeah, my like, like there are certain there are certain authors that I think if I like saw these kind of like mythology religious influences, I'd be like, oh, it's probably just a coincidence. But I'm sorry, there are so many in this. On top of the fact that she literally studied religion, where I'm like, this is intentional. Well, you this think about Deborah Harkness. I think we talked about this last time too, but mm-hmm. Deborah Harkness is a like, if you look up her name, it's this American scholar. The woman literally studied 15th century literature and like everything about the 15th century. So she could basically write the second book on yeah. the of witches. Like, that to me is just like, if you're an author, same sort of exactly. If you're an author and you have this kind of background, you're going to add it into you. That's why people they write what they know because mm-hmm. that's what they do. Right. Like that's just how people write. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have anything else, Danielle. I know you're looking for something, but after this, we'll go into the well, gods, Amran, demons, and hell, and and that will be our last little section here. So, so what I'm doing is I'm reading that front page on the, on the house. Okay. That you nicely instructed me we're there. Um, yes, we were just talking about that before you joined earlier. Mm-hmm. I did my original read of Crescent City on the Kindle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I got this mm-hmm. because I wanted a physical copy. So mm-hmm. where we were talking about the three-faced goddess, it got me, like, that's why I pulled open this book. Because mm-hmm. they, talk, they talk about Luna and they talk about Solace. So there is two faces. Yeah. You've got the sun and the moon. Right. And then they have three others named here. Mm-hmm. Kantha, C T H O N A. No, it's uh, it's the oh, fuck. I know how to Hold pronounce. On. I listen to the audio. Hold on. I'll go get my book. Hold on. I listen to the audio. I swear to God. I think it's Kathona. I think it's Kathona. Um, she'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's Kathona because I remember them saying like Kathona's tits or like something like that. Jeez Louise, Madison, so- it's what you have on your thing that your little pin that says Kathona's tits. Oh, Kathona. Is it Kathona? It's ca- no, it's I know. It's been a minute. Cuz Solus and Luna are like very much Greek and, and Norse. Like those yep. are common mm-hmm. names. So I was trying to find like is this one also a common name in those sort of um Greek and Norse kind of things or then you have Agnes, O G E N A S. I cannot pronounce shit. So you're fine. I literally said Ianthe and Ianth, so it's fine. <laughs> so who is that that watches over the water? And then you have Erd, which we know watches over darkness and hell. So could one of these be the other face of the three face goddesses? And then you've got like sub gods. 
Right. As we hear three-faced goddesses in only Akatar and Crescent City. That was one of the things in the gods section that we were going to talk Actually, about. Actually, in Throne of Glass, you hear it with the... Yeah, Throne of Glass and uh, Crescent City. You don't hear about it in uh, Kikar and Akatar. Right. I looked on every single book. I hit the little search button. Nothing. Did they talk about a three-faced goddess? Well, well you mentioned it in the... Um, God's section with uh Nesta and Elaine and the human bitch queen who I can't remember her name either. Um, the crone, but like Brie Allen. Brie Allen, you're great. You're great. Yeah, you're a and that's you're a that's where I liked the thought of like the maiden. That's Elaine, and then you've got the matron, very much the older sister. You have mm-hmm. Nesta, and then mm-hmm. the crone is Brie Allen, mm-hmm. and. She literally is old. She turns old by the mother. And all three of those were made by the cauldron. Mm -hmm. So at first when I was thinking about it, I was like, well, you know, Feyre has to play into this three-phase goddess, but she wasn't made by the cauldron. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have three. That kind of goes back to that root thing that I was talking about, about like Nesta being closer to source. Exactly. Yeah. So you have the three sources directly from the cauldron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All started as humans. And I think mm-hmm. we can say that in most of these, I think humans were first. Mm-hmm. And Faye were mm-hmm. created on top of that. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, because like there's kind of that thing of you can't turn a Faye into a human, but you can turn a human into a Faye. Yeah. It's kind of like. Or human. Uh, a rectangle can be a square, but a square can't be a rectangle. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, those are the things where you get kind of like those triggers. Like, okay, they're made. They're cauldron made. Elaine is cauldron made. She has, and I would be interested to know more about what the three-faced goddesses in, I didn't look at this, in Throne of Glass, like what their purposes were, what each mm-hmm. one brought to the table. I don't know if they had a purpose. I think mainly the things were that you had the, the matrons of each of the iron teeth were, were the three-faced goddesses. Correct. And really but, they were only just like the leader of their group. So like it didn't really seem like they were Did they talk about powers within? Because the witches in a throne of a throne of glass didn't have power per se. But I was thinking maybe like a specialty that they acquired because I don't- think so i don't remember them saying anything about like um the black beak matron having anything yeah really i mean she they were just stronger they were just stronger people than the other ones and i don't know if it was because of like their parentage or whatever but somehow they were able to be the matron of their line and it wasn't exactly described as to why yeah mm-hmm. and so i really do think as i think more and more on the three-faced goddess and the way the worlds are stacked because you don't hear three-phased goddess in Ekotar means that it's kind of like the root of where that comes from. Yeah. And then the fact that you have Cauldron Maid and Elaine has always been the dainty young one. That makes sense that she's the maiden. I want to say at some point, I think they even call her a maiden. Mm-hmm. And I know they call the bitch queen a croon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just like the matron like she's always like the older one and nesta while she is a bitch and doesn't really like to adult she is technically the oldest of her sisters Mm -hmm. right and she has that kind of 
that stance, that piece. So well, I'm right. And they come out and they come out of the, the cauldron that way. They come exactly. out of the cauldron. Mm-hmm. Elaine, Nesta, then Brie yep. Allen or whatever. Exactly. And so it just makes sense that they'd be like maiden, mother and crown. So, mm-hmm. so I really mm-hmm. do feel like that plays in there somewhere. Um, and then with the other gods, let's see, we talked about the mother, um, and the dark mother and what the fuck that is like that i totally forgot about all that until you put that in here like i'm not gonna lie to you who the fuck is that (laughs) like exactly uh who the fuck who the fuck are you (laughs) so do we have like the mother of light and the mother of darkness do we have like a solace and a luna type situation there where you've got the two faces of the same coin yeah who doesn't necessarily mean that luna has to be bad right but it's the darkness mm-hmm. the dark mother and i mean they don't say that those things came like the Cyril and naga don't say we came from the dark mother we worship the dark mother right 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 and we don't know too much i guess i'm hoping that maybe in the next few ones maybe elaine is worshiping the dark mother and we don't know um that's a cool idea right That'd be some yeah. hot shit. sarah if you haven't written it take notes um <laughs> Not that she'd fucking read, but you know, listen to this shit. But yeah, well, I mean, you could almost argue that she would do that because she blames the mother for having her have turned into Faye. I mean, that would be a great idea. I mean, why bring up the dark mother if you're not going to ever explore it, right? Yeah. Why? So no, that really, that really is like, you know, people always joke like in English class, you're like the curtains are red because the author wanted them to be red. It's like wrong. Say it again. Wrong. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, that's true. But there's. I mean, like, there are like... there are some cases, but like, like, of course, I'm sure. Sh- there are there are times where I'm like, ah, green would be pretty. But when it comes to things like the dark mother, oh yeah, that's there for a reason. For sure. For like, sure. authors do things with the intention of bringing them back. It's like everything's a fucking red hair or not red herring. Uh, Chekhov's gone. Well, and if you look at, I, I know Matt, um, not Madison, sorry. I know, Danielle, you put another item in here about um, Koshi, Striga, and the Bone Carver, because they're also similar to gods in a way. There's three of them. Also, I think it's incred- incredibly telling the number of things in Aquatar that is all revolved around by threes, three sisters, three bat boys, three basically three continents three is like a very holy holy number mm-hmm. right, right well and if you think about this the books there's three phase series right now three mm-hmm. um yep. it's just interesting in the way that koshi striga and the bone carver you know you mentioned that they're they're kind of death gods in a way mm-hmm. um they are in unintentionally or intentionally i'm gonna go with intentionally on this one where mm-hmm. koshi is on one end the bone carver is stuck in the prison and then striga is in the middle of everything basically right above that that middle point in that under the mountain situation is she above under the mountain is that what yeah she's in she's in the, in the, she's in the like woods next to it okay yeah so it's like really really close right so if you like think on the about, map, I think it's to the left. Right. And if you think about all of that in terms of these individuals as a whole, Koshi makes sense, obviously, as the next bad guy. But what does he really have? I know in here later on, you have a point where you're like, is Koshi a Val? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or some type of Valg that we just haven't even met yet. I mean, like, here's the thing. We don't know. We know. The princes were strong-ish. The princesses were stronger. Mm-hmm. There was really only one Valg queen because there was three Valg kings. 
We never really got to see the other two kings in Throne of Glass because they stopped yeah. Erewhon beforehand. So in theory, they learned, Erewhon and his brothers learned other things about world walking, as Erewhon tells us in mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing saying that he couldn't have moved. There's also nothing saying that Koshi is not inhabited by well, another thing and that the Bone Carver and Striga are not really siblings. They're just found family. They don't look the yeah, same. I yeah. I also, like, just in the sense of the world walking thing, we all just like are like Maeve's like I learned how to do it and, it, and I'm just over here like how from fucking who or like how? from where she, she was exactly. she said she was like going deep into I want to say she like read about it yeah right she but like she did read about what it book? but so, also like, like where is her library <laughs> yeah yeah also right? I'm sorry when I hear Maeve I also think hmm you want to know who reminds me a lot of Maeve Jezeba Oh no, totally, totally. <laughs> like, who else reminded me a lot of Maeve though was kind of kind of Brie Allen. I'm not gonna lie to you. But oh. Amron also has the same vibe, but Brie Allen was an asshole. Yeah. So I was Brie, kind Allen, of- Brie Allen to me was just so childish. Yeah. Yep. No. Like she was, she gave me big Baruch assault vibes. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit to me. No, you're right. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Amran then, because I do. That's the next. That's one of the next pieces on here is actually Amran. So it's essentially, um, the coolest thing about Amran, I personally, as we've talked about many times, I think that you can't do anything with an actual number and not have it make sense, right? Yeah. The fact that Crescent City is set fifteen thousand years, whatever that year is, it's fifteen thousand years from whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And Amran is 15,000 years old and looks very similar to the Asteri that you sent me the photo, Danielle, about like uh, how they look, how she looked and stuff. And then oh, when she's like, well, she looks like an angel in a way. Yeah. And the Asteri are supposed to be like angels in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, she's referenced as a death god. I came to another world, like from another world and I decided to fucking stay. Yeah. She, she's referenced as a death god. Also, um, she's referenced as um, this ancient being with the ability to be like pure light and fire. And I just don't feel like with the Asteri missing a sibling and the way that they're considered like kind of horrible mm-hmm. people, but also powerful, very standoffish, she fits. She fits the bill. I do think it's a little bit weird. They mentioned something about her father at one point in time. Mm-hmm. But I think there was also something that mentioned that she was doing something for a king, right? Wasn't there something that she said in Echo War where she, like, the reason why she's there is because she was on, I don't remember, something about a heart thing. I think I went through it. Okay. She said, she said to be older than Prithian is believed to have slipped into the world from a different realm when Prithian was forming. She slipped out of the cauldron, okay. only to be trapped when the rift came. With When the rift, she came through closed. When the horn yeah, Interesting broke, choice of words there. When the horn broke... Mm-hmm. Same right time around the Asteri being in Crescent City. 
When Nesta asks her what she is, Amran says that she is a messenger and a soldier assassin for a wrathful god who ruled a young world. Crescent hmm. City is technically a young world in the fantasy realm. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Big um, time. And I also think the other thing, too, with all of this, I mean, again, the Assyrian they're weird they're weird and i like them a lot in terms of being like kind of a uh, not good people but it also mm-hmm. kind of speaks to the idea that amarin doesn't seem like she's a good person you mm-hmm. know what i mean like there's a lot of stuff about amarin where i'm like bitch why why would you be that way with your friends yeah. well mm-hmm. it maybe just is ingrained in her nature maybe that's just how she mm-hmm. was born and how she was raised and whatever right right like it's hard to endure. it's that nature versus nurture thing again. right so i i just like i'm i'm we all heard seventh missing Asterian, and we all went amran amran like i'm sorry you get well and also it would make sense that in order to unleash her from her fey form she went into the cauldron which is that kind of nothingness connective space and that like pushed her out fresh again do you know what i mean well like okay do we think that did she lose her abilities when she when she died because she like used i think her, so she used her abilities to help right Whatever. Well, I think I think that's kind of what happened because I remember when she climbs out again, Pharaoh looks at her <laughs> eyes and she's like, they're not swirling gray anymore. They're like flat. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would really like to see, I don't remember exactly how they describe some of the Asteria because I don't really think we met them face to face or we did, but like, I don't remember it very much. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see if they have similar yeah. look. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so well, we all know that Hunt and uh, Sirius, the... Yeah. One of these series. Yeah. Totally oh, yeah. related. Totally related. This is dad. Yeah. Goodbye, Orion. Dad. Like the fucking stars. Good. Goodbye. So, in bullet point one of the, her being in Asteri, yeah, mm-hmm. it talks about they each possess the brute power of a star, which gives them the capabilities of destroying entire worlds. Yep. So she mm-hmm. was sent to as a messenger and soldier assassin who ruled a young world. What if? They decided that they liked Crescent City so much because they were powerful and they were able to rule it. Mm-hmm. That they're like, we don't want any other people coming in. We want to close the gate. But before we do that, we're going to send an assassin to destroy our motherland, basically. Mm-hmm. So maybe she was sent there with the job of destroying it, but she got trapped. And then somehow she just was like, I like it here. Yeah, or even, like, I mean, that also speaks to the idea, like, was she, did Amran, is she the only one that was sent? Or were the other ones sent as well and they were able to come back? If she was the only one that was Mm -hmm. sent, does that mean Amran knows about all these other worlds too? Or does she just know about the one? Like, there are things, you know what I I mean? I firmly believe that Amran's the kind of person, like, I thoroughly enjoy Amran. I I think she's a really character but i also think she's the kind of person where she'd be like where they'd be like coming you know in akotar six or whatever they'd be talking about all this shit and she'd be like oh well yeah of course and they'd be like what you knew and she goes oh did i not mention it i don't even think she would i think she would literally be like i keep my shit close to the chest for a reason y'all don't Mm -hmm. need to worry i think it's very telling that amarin brings up this whole king of prithian thing or high king of prithian thing when she needed to yeah she Uh brought it up when she wants to she's the type of person that holds her cards close to her chest well that's what i'm she knows that if she says something people will hate her 
she mm-hmm. knows that like I think of Amran in the way that I think of like how people that are like in this in Salem witch trials they if you said you're yeah, yeah. a witch you're gonna die I feel like Amran has always been that way because she knew if she told people what she really was they would have tried to kill her or take her power for themselves we know yep. so much about the Agotar world being that way thus far that is the only reason she keeps shit close to the chest nowadays She's comfortable, mm-hmm. but she's not too comfortable. She loves her partner, but she doesn't have to like. She knows that it could all end in a minute if she if if it all goes south. So yeah. I do think it's interesting that Amryn is just like the big like she's really just she's really just an hysteria. I can't think of anything else. All right, so next next point. Well, that's about the demons and hell and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, essentially, my biggest theory on all of this, and like we talked about this last time, is that. Hell has this weird way in this world where it seems like it's below Crescent City. But let's be real. Could hell just actually be the place that all of the um, Valg are from or where all these other people are from? Like, there's a lot Mm -hmm. about hell that we don't know. We know that there's these different rings. There's, like, different parts Mm -hmm. of hell. Um, I think it's really telling that... Idis kind of is beautiful in a very yeah. creepy way. The way that yes. uh, Erewhon and all the Valg like to take the form of. So well, and that you know he was a pretty golden boy for a time there. Yeah, and and Idis mm-hmm. is that bl- like icy blonde hair. Also, mm-hmm. can change to a cat. What the fuck? Also, gives me weird Adian vibes. No, he does. He does give me weird Adian vibes. And here's the thing. We don't know what his true form is. Yeah. Because obviously he can take other forms. Very much yeah. the mm-hmm. same as we don't know what the true form of a Valg is. Right. Because they take yeah. on different forms. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm still of the thing that I think, much like there's the light and the dark, that it's possible that the Valg and the Asteri live on the same plane. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's angels dark. and demons. Mm-hmm fucking call tom hanks so i mean for me they are in that same realm within i don't know maybe the um Mm -hmm. like we were saying with the different levels of hell like at some Mm -hmm. point you've got to like stack them somehow and it's for me hell and that area is where it stacks that's a Uh issue in my head because we know where our we can have a general consensus of where the mm-hmm. other worlds stack. So where right. does this stack and that stack? But it's but like it also makes me think kind of a little bit of like right. So you have your books stacked on top of each other, literally. Mm-hmm. But in those books, are there pages? Well, and it mentions in the hell section, which I think ties in really well to all of the stuff with also also stuff. the Norse thing. Right. Literally, their underworld is called hell, spelled the same way. There's a thing that Idas says to Hunt and Bryce, where he says, "You do realize that it might not be my people that the Northern Rift o- Northern Rift opens to other places, other realms, yes, but other planets as well." What is hell but a distant planet bound to yours by a ripple in space and time, and that's when. Hunt is like by frost energy right and and hunt is like hell is a planet and idis is is it's a real place it's a place as real as midgard though most of us would have you believe it wasn't and then basically Uh says your kind fallen 
interesting choice of word, uh, mm-hmm. were made in Midgard by the Asteri. But the Fae, the Shifters, and many of the others came from their own worlds. The universe is massive. Some believe it has no end. Or that our universe ha- might be one of a multitude as bountiful as the stars in the sky or the sand on a beach. Um, and says, you're trying to distract us, basically. And he's like, you're not rattling the Northern Rift. He's like, the lesser princes do that, level one through four. Those of us in the true dark have no need or interest in sunshine. But they did not send that demon. It's called the Chrysalis, I believe, um, or plans mm-hmm. to do such thing. I just think it's very interesting that... When you look at the way that everyone talks about this, planets, realms, different things like that, most of those are kind of similar. Like, the word planet and realm could be interchangeable in this situation. Mm -hmm. We don't know. But there's a lot about hell that I think they're going to be able to explore. I personally do think Bryce will be going to hell. I don't know if that means Hunt going with her, but Bryce is going. You can't be that connected to Itis, the fifth prince of hell, the chasm prince or whatever, and not go there the same way like like in in, like the same way that they do in other stories you know what i mean mm -hmm. well and also like it makes me think how convenient that there's starborn and star eater well he did eat Uh, he did eat the starborn right no i i yeah no he no he he ate sirius he ate one of the he also ate peleus right but he got the name from eating sirius i'm pretty sure uh, but yeah, um I guess. yeah he butchered the seventh holy star Sirius the wolf star yeah and so I'm kind of like how convenient how convenient yeah so yeah yeehaw yeehaw I mean Danielle hot any other thoughts <laughs> yeah not right now cool hot diggity dog well, we will we will create a um a uh like non-editable version of this doc yeah and link and, it in our bio or, or link tree yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that way people can ch- 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 check it out. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, Daniel, Yeehaw. thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, obviously, Yeehaw. this is your Patreon your Patreon pick. Um, if you decide that you want to be a Patreon supporter, um, you can go ahead and do that now. It's right in the link of the description always. Um mm-hmm probably not going to have you on the show just because she's special privileges but that doesn't mean you can't pick your thing and send us what you want us to talk about about it so feel free to do that uh in terms Mm -hmm. of bookends because we always do the bookends yes yeah please go on to apple Podcasts and give us a rating and review you don't have to be an iphone user to have apple Podcasts. you can actually download it from Mm -hmm. most app stores uh, and then just go in, find Lawyer Volume, give us a rating and review. We like to check those out every now and then. There hasn't really been any additional ones, so feel free to go in and do that. Uh, that is how you get the word about our show, in addition to, like, you know, sharing and all the fun shit. So, Yes. Um, and as Nicole said earlier, we do have a, a Patreon. Please donate to it. Go party with the fam. It's going to be great. It's patreon.com forward slash Lawyer Your Volume. The info will be in the information below. Yep. Um, there's four different tiers that you can donate at. Each tier has different things associated with it. It's a good time. It's very chill. It's, it's chill a great space. time. Yeah. Uh, also, social media. We have a ton of those. Um, you can check us out on Facebook at Lower Your Volume Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Lower Your Volume Pod. And we are on Twitter at Lower Pod. Uh, follow, engage, comment, message us. We're most active on Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us. 
Yes. And then last but not least, we do have an email. Our email is lowerviolumepodcast at gmail.com. We would literally love to hear from you. I don't care what you send me. I just like getting actual personal emails. It's one of my favorite things. And I like when they're from the Lower Your Volume account. Me too. Also, Danielle, what are your socials? Yeah. If you want people to follow you. Yeah. So I am at um, E-Fatuated Readings. So it's like infatuated a play on infatuated because I read a lot of I read mostly ebooks because if I bought every book that I like my husband would (laughs) literally die so (laughs) um that's that I know it's a tongue twister um Mm -hmm. and then within that um I have my little small business I make those resin book holders and bookmarks um the yeah. shop name is Hold It There. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a play on a bookmark and book. Holder. I love it. Trust us. We love a play on bookish terms. <laughs> and then you, so really the social you. attached to that is at Coop's mm-hmm. Resin Kisses. So yes. um, yeah, of course, Yeehaw. always like new followers. I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'm only on here to for like six people to look at me. <laughs> I same, feel that. Always, I feel that literally all the time. Um, cool, amazing. <clears throat> Crescent City, not Crescent City. Jeez, Louise. Sarah J. Moss theories. My brain is just like hunt, 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 hunt. Um, yeah, he's gonna always... go back and read her favorite parts. Uh... I did. I did it last time. Literally, we recorded the episode last time, and I went and I read my favorite parts of Ecosaf, and I read my favorite parts of Crescent City. Or sorry, House of Earth and Blood. We gotta, we gotta so, start getting on that. We gotta start getting on that. Anyway, uh. All right. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. What a time. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really thank do appreciate it. Thank you. And thank, thank you for recording you it again. Yeah. And thank you for you know what? love a repeat. You got the true lower your volume experience. We were so fangirling on the first one that we were very Yeah, this was probably for the best. This was like I way better. The universe really said, really said, let's do it again for the people. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> right. fine. The fine. first one, we got out all the kinks. We knew where yep. we were going, but Yep. 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 And here we are. So, all right. Catch you next time. You got to do your thing, Madison. Oh, fuck. I do it every fucking time. You, you wanted you wanted a fun thing. Now you have to do it. Do your I thing. I regret it. Okay. Oh, just, just, oh, my God. Just please, somebody, for the love of God, talk, wor- talk wordy to me, I swear. And don't forget to go book yourself. Left-handed or right-handed, doesn't matter. Do not come for me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, are, we are an ambidextrous one, too, in this house. Absolutely. All right. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye.